Hey everybody, welcome back to the TO Desk presented to you by 956 Productions. I'm Shib, I'm your host as usual. We're back on the show after a bit of a break. You know, we've all been busy wrapping up Vortex Gallery online. Hope you all enjoyed the show, really do. And uh, well, today I'm joined by a couple of friends. Uh, one of them is in a guest capacity, but first I'm going to go through the returning cast. It's going to be Hagre, how you doing? Yo, what's good, y'all? Good to, good to have you once again. Uh, Osugure, Osu, tell me. What's up? Yeah, that's that's the most energy you've put into an intro, I think. <laughs> For real. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the biggest like what's up I've ever gotten from this guy. You you'll you you know how it works and you'll hear it on this podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm always drained is the easiest way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I think if you know you've watched episodes where Osu's been on before, you're gonna be like, Yeah, that's that's a lot of energy for Osu. I wanna remember what happened. Got that Red Bull. <laughs> and, uh, well, today we've got a member of 956 Productions who's also in a guest capacity today. I've got none other than Brett. Brett, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's nice to actually be on the podcast for once. Uh, and, you know, it's everyone here I'm pretty familiar with. So uh, looking forward to just having a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have a very good time subject to talk about, I think, uh, because we're going to be talking about Slashback. Slashback was brett's event went down in california and uh i want to talk about the process i want to talk about the retrospective now that you've had a little bit of time to kind of sit on your thoughts i know you went to japan like immediately after running the event you can talk to me about that uh because apparently that was like a whole (laughs) thing so you you, you, we'll we'll get to all the little details uh but yeah i just want you guys to know this episode is going to be focused on kind of uh looking back at the event and um you know sharing some thoughts so first of all uh we should probably talk about maybe what it is if you've never heard of it so just to kind of read you guys the pitch from the website slashback.info it's a new fighting game event hosted in san jose california at the Guildhouse event space and quote and i'll have you uh, brett explain this quote it says this tournament aims to fill in the gap that left by many west coast regional events that have come and gone okay and the lineup included basically as all the major anime fighting games out there at the moment, it included Gundam and it had side brackets for some of the favorites of the organizers as well, which we can get into. Um, but so Brett, now that I've kind of introduced it a little bit, why don't you give me the pitch on like, okay, you are the event director of Slashback. What do you want people to know about it? Yeah. So, um, I think we'll definitely get into what we talked about as far as the history about the event leading up to it. But uh, basically, you know, Slashback, it's a large event in Northern California. It's a region that hasn't really had that much action, the West Coast as well. So uh, the event is really kind of focused to cater towards the anime scene on the West Coast. Um, I've had a long history of kind of running various events to different degrees on the West Coast. Uh, So this was kind of the next step for me as an organizer. Um, And, you know, it's pretty standard affair as far as events go of a scale that is kind of getting to the larger end of things Uh, we had 500 plus attendees so it's a lot of people we ran nine games officially uh plus two more on the side but it's all anime games for the most part so that's pretty much what it's about it's a two-day event just kind of celebrating uh anime fighters and uh, really aiming to kind of bring everyone back in uh post-covid Right, right. And I think uh, it's important to discuss this event in the context of like post COVID events, right? Because um, people have kind of been like, oh, offline is back for a certain period of time. But now we're actually seeing, okay, offline is back. And now we're seeing new names, 
run by familiar faces. You've been around for a while. Make, make no mistake. But new names out there kind of uh, taking up space uh, in terms of like the event schedule for people who want to get into fighting games, uh, particularly anime fighting games, which is like like right now, uh, you know, you can you can talk just a little bit about how long you've been doing this. But just in general, the anime fighting game scene is like ripe for an event like this, right? Like a really focused anime lineup uh, in a new space, right? In an area that is, you could say, underserved after the COVID era kind of led to a lot of closures on the West Coast, right? Or just a lot of people maybe, you know, joining existing teams or or deciding they just want to do other things. Um, yeah, so I've been... Well, I started playing fighting games in SoCal, and then um, I lived in Japan for a bit, and then when I came back from Japan, I re-situated uh, myself in Northern California. So I've been on the West Coast um, playing fighting games basically for... I don't know, like a decade and a half or something like that. Yeah, uh, two thousand like six ish. Um, so, I mean, I've seen a lot of events come and go on the West Coast, and I think uh, a big part of kind of the legacy of what's led to this event is that yeah, we had a lot of really cool events back in the day. Um, I think the ones people are most familiar with are things like uh, Southern California Regionals (SCR) and then obviously the Northern California version (NCR). Those are like the two big ones, um, which kind of were hosting tons of different games. Uh, especially SCR, which kind of just ran a ton of stuff, um, anime and you know Capcom games and such. Um, but NCR as well to some degree. And then uh, we had Anime Ascension, which was a SoCal event, uh, and that was uh, I think there were I'm trying to remember how many Anime Ascensions there were, but probably around like four. Uh, and the last one was in 2020. So I think that's one of the big things that we were talking about um, is that basically after 2020, there was no more anime ascension. There hasn't been one since. Um, I don't really know if it's coming back or, you know, it, it. I I think by this point, most of us assume it's not in uh, NCR and SCR. Both uh, have not come back since uh, 2020. I try to remember when the last NCR is. It's probably 2019 and SCR earlier than that, I think. So basically, there hasn't been a West Coast large scale event uh, other than perhaps Northwest Majors in quite a while. So I, I think that's the big thing uh, for as far as like events go is that, yeah, there just basically hasn't been one in three years <laughs> right 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 okay um i want to get into the process of you making the jump towards being in the community for so long obviously you can tell us all about the history of those events and then you said like it's like a logical step right to, to decide to do your own event right but i think right now um if you kind of look at what people are talking about in terms of like events right moving forward i think a lot of people think there's this kind of perception that nobody really knows how to do it that the the knowledge or the resources needed to kind of start up a new event is not really there um but we've seen stuff like that i mean i've seen especially a lot of stuff on the west coast a lot of new new brands per, per se pop up um but why don't you tell me about that so you, you you i don't know how it was like you you one day like like just take me like right from the top you one day decided yeah. you wanted to run an anime event well, how'd that go so um, I, I guess I'll just do a very short history of some sure, of the yeah. things I've been doing over the, I don't know, however long. Uh, so I run my locals uh, for the most part. Uh, I kind of like co 
operate uh, one of our locals in NorCal. I've been doing that for about 10 years now, pretty much nonstop. Uh, but obviously, you know, I do the side games at Evo stuff with pretty much everyone here. And I've also been doing that uh, since uh, I guess the first time I ran a bracket of Evo on the side was like 2009 ish or something. But I guess I was like basically running Gundam and um, sometimes Guilty Gear basically since like 2012. So uh, I, that's kind of what I had been doing as far as events. Um, I guess I helped run some locals in SoCal when I was living down there. Um, but yeah, so, you know, on the local level, kind of been doing that for a really long time. Um, and then just like helping things at larger scales. Obviously, I help run stuff at, um, you know, other events across the country when needed. Um, but the main thing was, like you said, there is actually a really straightforward clicking point for me that kind of domino affected into where we are today, which is... Um, I would say right after Evo last year. So the timeline for this is actually pretty short, but uh, basically I caught wind that NCR, Northern California Regionals, was just not happening, like period. Like it's over, over um, pretty much. And so I think a lot of West Coast people were kind of holding out hope that there'd be something coming, you know, maybe Anime Central will come back. You know, and so when I heard that NCR was just not going to happen anymore um, after SCR was just also been gone, uh, I just I said that I think if I don't do something, then no one's going to do something, uh, especially for, you know, anime games um, in particular. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 worth distinguishing right now is like, you know, Slashback is not trying to be a CEO um or even a frosty faustings in terms of the scale of it i think i i gained a lot of inspiration um to my event from uh ben and climax of night that's definitely been uh the biggest point i guess i guess uh of knowing that i can do something at the scale because ben has done that and you mentioned before about how it, there aren't a lot of resources or or know-how about doing something at the scale and that's definitely true and uh people like ben have definitely been uh, people I've gone to as a resource to figure this shit out because yeah I, I think one thing you are right is that yeah it's there's a lot of stuff even from someone as experienced as myself I've I've been doing stuff in a lot of capacities and I was still surprisingly really in the dark about a lot of things in this process of of running the event um, as far as you know organizing a, a something of this scale so. Um, I guess I, I should also mention I did stuff like uh, UNCDs, which are kind of United NorCal Dogfight. That's been a thing that we did in Northern California. So uh, that was a larger scale than a local. That was kind of like a a kind of what, for example, I guess TSB does them as well, kind of like Super TSBs, where you kind of have a local that you say is a big one and you get people from kind of out of region to travel to it. So we've done that before. And those usually get, um, I want to say, 150 is my guess around that range. Um, sure. So, you know, somewhere in between a regional and a local, it's like bordering on regional. But the whole idea is like since the inception, I guess this is a big point for people who don't really know about the West Coast scenes. Like because you can drive from SoCal to NorCal, NorCal to SoCal, PNW to NorCal. And if you're insane, like a lot of those guys are PNW to SoCal uh, because of that proximity even though it's really not close um but we've just kind of been doing that since for the longest time all the old heads are really used to traveling like that so 
running moderately large things in the West Coast has always been a practice of gathering like everyone from the West Coast, you know. So when I would run these UNCDs, like I would reach out to the PNW groups and the SoCal groups and you know make sure that things are working for them as dates and they would kind of coordinate and, and all drive together and stuff like that. So NorCal is kind of right in the middle. So it's really kind of well situated to be that gathering point. But I mean, uh, it's it's funny to say that this is a big part of it. But, you know, as people grow up, you get jobs, you get money, you can actually fly to stuff. So having like stuff in SoCal uh, for things like Anime Ascension, like, you know, I, people actually were able to <laughs> um, fly out to stuff. Uh, and so I don't know how that's going to be with like the new school stuff. I think it's an interesting topic to talk about later. But yeah, basically, um, right after Evo, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it, I guess. And I pretty much just told a bunch of people, hey, I'm going to do it and gathered team. And, you know, we can talk about the process as we go on. But that's kind of where it started. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I guess I want some perspective from Hagere, NorCal crab battle boss over here. Um, about the state of kind of running an event in NorCal. Like, uh, what do you think? Like, do you think it's like a good decision? Do you think it works really well for the region? Like, do you concur with with all of that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Brett's been running NorCal events longer than I have, and more recently than I have, too. I still haven't come back since the COVID era. But, um, yeah, definitely. Um, I was kind of a, the when I heard that NCR was like, you know, not going to happen, I was like, well, shit you know i was just one of those people who was on the sidelines just going like well that sucks you know cali doesn't have an event you know and like brett said like kind of you know west coast in general doesn't have one so i think it's awesome that slashback happened um you know i was unfortunately i wasn't able to go this time um but yeah i was just so happy i mean i was planning on going the whole time and like i was just so happy that it was happening and you know when i was watching the stream um you know i was just like wow you know it's it was exactly what i imagined it to be uh that it was going to be you know it's just kind of like a um a homecoming of sorts you know like we've all been waiting you know all these years just for a chance to get together kind of like in a fashion that brett was talking about like you know where we would just drive to the coastal events you know and it was just so cool um you know seeing the homies from socal seeing the homies from pnw you know Vancouver and even further beyond, you know, like further abroad, um, people who have, you know, visited a NorCal um, in the past and, you know, kind of know what our energy is. Um, again, you know, thanks to Brett's um, and like U- UNCD, um, you know, those big events where we have a lot more out of state travelers. Like it's, it was really cool to see. And I, um, I definitely think that it was a good thing to have, um, you know, and, I know it, that it was like focused on the anime scene and um, I imagine it will remain focused on the anime scene, but I think just kind of in a, along the same lines of how Brett was inspired by um, Ben, you know, Shinobi and Climax, you know, I hope that other scenes can see what's going on here. Um, other like local, you know, or West coast scenes, you know, see what's going on uh, with slashback. Um, you know, what's another, like kind of homegrown events it's a fight kingdom up in pnw fight kingdom, yeah yeah it's like another one that's um happening you know just since the COVID era um you know it's possible to do it's not easy you know especially here on the west coast we have our own challenges that other regions don't have um strictly speaking cost of uh, venue and stuff like that 
Sure. Um, well, just costs all around, um, to be honest. But um, yeah, it's possible. You know, it happens, and um, you know, I'm I'm sure we'll talk about it in a little bit. But at least from my vantage point, you know, everybody looked like they had a good time and would love to come back to another one. Sure. Um, let's just briefly talk about I think uh, the the process of venue because i think that we were talking you 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 touched on it Hagre, and i want to know brett's experience because i think a lot of people are i think a lot of people when they get that inspiration and i just want to say that inspiration is very real like i've i've had that i've had that experience myself where you know i'll go out and i'll suggest okay we should start running here we should start doing this and that and you know i work at least in my locals in like a very focused french bread part of the community i i i help out in very limited capacities outside of the french bread circle out here so like you you start seeing other scenes say hey you know look at them doing this we should start doing that too and and if if you have the attitude of like everybody wins when they start you know taking up good practices and you don't hold you know you think if people start doing this thing you're doing and you think it's a good thing then it's a good thing for everybody right so i think a lot of people are like yeah definitely in that position where they're going to start seeing like a you know anime events and they're going to be like okay you know or retro events like with fight kingdom and they're going to say okay well you know we can do this for our community as well but i think venue in particular is an interesting subject um I know a lot of people have this kind of preconceived notion that there's just no good place for this. Like around them, they don't know of a good spot, right? Uh, so I kind of want to talk, Brett, I don't know how much you can talk about, but just like, like you know, as much as you can about the process of choosing a venue and kind of how that went for you. So unfortunately, I don't think I can basically burst that bubble as far as apprehension with venue goes because, yeah, it's pretty hard mm -hmm. and we kind of just got lucky. So even now, I'm still in the process. You know, we're, we're it's it's still like I I think basically for West Coast specifically, but I want to say this is probably the case for all regions. Um, at least like for major city areas in the Northern California area, it's like you basically got to find a sweet deal or have a lot of money. Basically it's those two things. So Northern Cal I, I guess NCR, I don't know, although it was in Sacramento for most of it, but Southern California, the large events there have always been basically through Hookups, uh, you know, student uh, connections to, you know, UC venues, things like that. Um, and for us, um, yeah, I mean, I was going through a lot of ballrooms looking at quotes and prices and kind of um, seeing how much I'd end up having to be in the red. Uh, and we happened to find a really nice venue that we stuck with Guildhouse basically because they run, um, they run local fighting game stuff they're they're a event space right they also kind of do private events but they're basically like a beer hall of sorts they they have like um you know, they sell food and drink and um they people kind of show up weekly for various things so um the people who run like production and things there um they are uh they they do fighting game stuff already they kind of knew both me and a lot of the people um running stuff in the local scene and uh a lot of the people 
affiliated with Guildhouse at the upper ends um, are also like Red Bull um, people of various uh, relations. So basically, I was able to they were there. They were able to help us out in, in terms of uh, price and things like that and, and get something that uh, was going to work within our budget. And kind of once we established and negotiated that, that's kind of where we landed and just kind of took off with that. So basically, yeah, I didn't really have any magic, unfortunately, and just kind of fell into something that luckily worked out. But that's going to be if like, you know, as far as as I'm going to be talking about the details of this event, um, a, a recurring pattern is going to be how lucky we were in general here. And venue is certainly uh, the first one where I was just like, yeah, we're really lucky we found this venue. And it played a really large role into the positive vibes and the overall good feedback about the event. Okay. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, I think, you know, that's that's definitely something that I think a lot of people uh, will, will be interested in and kind of working with uh just like how to deal with with venues yeah like you said i mean it's it's pretty difficult and sometimes you do have to work with what you've got um especially when when cost is such a huge factor because there's already like so many so many costs associated with running a fighting game event which i guess we can talk about very briefly uh but before we do um so i just want to go over the tournament lineup that you guys decided to run uh lineup was blaze blue central fiction dnf duel grand blue fantasy versus guilty gear strive uh, Guilty Gear, Exerd Rev 2, Guilty Gear, XXX, and Corp Plus R, Melty Blood Type Lumina, uh, Gundam Extreme Versus, and Undernight. Uh, two side events, Kohime Enbu, uh, which I know is a game that you're a big fan of, Brett, and Persona for Arena. Um, you mentioned Climax of Night, which is a good example uh, in terms of like the scope of the event, but I guess, uh, you know, nine game lineup, uh, main lineup, is a bit larger than I think Climax does. Although I will say Climax Five, they they you know partnered with Data to offer a basically the same level of 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 games, right? Um, as sort of like semi main tournaments. Uh, so talk to me about like the process of choosing your lineup. Like, what was your thought process? I guess. Bro, I just picked the games I like. Basically, <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I mean, yeah, so. I started. I, I can be really transparent about transparent about this. Honestly, uh, I basically started with five games. They were three Guilty Gears, Undernight, and Melty Blood. That was kind of the first five games. Uh, that for people who are tentative will notice that that is exactly what we had as far as like this kind of uh, PV trailer release for additional games that we did as kind of a promo thing leading up to the event. So I kind of had in mine like seven ish games uh as far as like the anime games are popular in my region and the rest of them kind of fell in based on uh feedback on twitter leading up to the event that people wanted and seeing what we could do logistically so i basically planned for all having all the games that we currently had in our lineup other than blaze blue which i wasn't really sure whether we would run because in Northern California, people don't really meet up for Blaze Blue. So there wasn't really that much of a drive for the game. But um, there was a lot of drive from people in PNW and SoCal. And so uh, we ended up making that our ninth game, which was definitely a, okay, how do we make this work? Uh, how, can, how can we go from eight to nine and not just blow up? Uh, but yeah, basically, I would say 
I would have loved to do uh, something a little more focused, like what Ben does with Climax. And, and certainly sometimes I think about like, you know, in the future, I'm like, man, yeah, it would be really nice to just focus on something like that. But I think the difference is just like we had such a great need for this kind of event that it would have felt really different if we had not been able to include the people who deserve to be included, I guess, in that sense. It's like, I mean, uh, rightly so, like Ben doesn't run Strive, I think is the big one. Yeah. Uh, and, and um, you know, I would fear for him if he did. <laughs> because like, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, Strive, Strive accounted for basically like half of the tournament. Um, you know, Strive, Strive was, we had, I can't remember the final count, but it's something like 190-ish, maybe it was 200. So that's like literally almost half um of you know of the attendees there so uh when you include strive you you bring a lot of people in and i think that was the big one was from the get-go i decided to include strive um and i think a large part of that has just been me being able to see our local strive scene and like how they've been able to kind of bring themselves up propel themselves and um it's been really inspiring just seeing kind of our old heads mixed with new school people. It's like, this is the first time we're really getting fresh, you know, fresh meat. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, th there was like no way I was going to cut those people out basically. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, there are a lot of the other games like maybe, but uh, as soon as I said, well, we're running strive running, you know, all three guilty gears, basically that's kind of where the jumping off point was. So the rest of it was just kind of like, well, if we're running those games, we got to include the other ones too. So um, that's actually the case also for Grand Blue. Grand Blue in particular too was like they've really been fiending in in the local level, um, and the events that do run Grand Blue, people really come through for that. So uh, I really wanted to give them love as well. So yeah, I mean, I would say it wasn't really a process so much as just asking myself what felt right, and then at the end finding what capacity we are in to make it work and and basically what we did is pretty much the max possible uh you know if people actually look at our schedule it's basically it's almost not possible to do anything more than we did yeah. uh we we really were to the brim <laughs> yeah yeah i recall i mean you guys had two days and you ran from 11 a.m to what what time did you guys finish i mean schedule said like we around 10 o'clock like 9 p.m uh day one Day when we wrapped up around 10 p.m. ish. So, I mean, like, yeah, technically, if we started, if we did some insane thing like start at eight and last longer to like 11, I think we could have stuffed another game in maybe or raise caps. But, you know, without, without, uh, expanding our operating hours, um, we really, really just packed it in. No, I think, uh, I think the operating hours that you guys chose were pretty good. I, I personally, just in my experience of writing like anime fighting games events, if I say bracket starts 10 o'clock, it's like some of you are not still not ready for that. Like, it, oh, it's do not get me started on that. I mean, uh, for our locals, it's taken. I'm trying to remember. It's, it's probably taken like four years just to move people from starting at 4 p.m. to 2 p.m. Um, so, you yep, know, it's exactly. Yeah, we're really sleepy in Northern California. You know, we're 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 really the sleepiest. We're the comfiest uh scene so yeah we don't we don't like waking up you know that's that's a thing for yeah, sure yeah. myself included i guess i, I hey but we somehow it. had every single person there as a bracket runner once we started first day i was surprised as all hell 
because we started at like 11 a.m. So it's like, all right, everyone has to be here by 10. Everyone showed up and I was just like, what? What do you mean everyone's here? What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that just goes to show like how long it's been since we've had something. I mean, basically, a lot of people who volunteered um, and I'm I'm sure we'll get into the details of shouts to volunteers. But, yes. you know, basically uh, all the people who volunteered, I think most of them. Uh, many of them, I will say, many of them were kind of first timers. There were a lot of people just being like, hey, yeah, I'll help out. I'll run a bracket. And yeah, I think maybe because they were new, um, they, they rolled it up early and, you know, they were very uh, prudent. So that was that was really good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. OK, so we've talked about all that. Um, I do want to still pick your brain a little bit about like the logistics side. So um, you guys you know, you, you want to run a bunch of anime games, you're going to need a bunch of consoles. And um, I don't know how you guys kind of worked that out, but I am interested in hearing how you worked with people to kind of get all the equipment that you needed, uh, particularly because you guys had like a dual stage setup. I assume Guildhouse had some hand in making that possible. Um, but talk to me about like, like, did you just, ha did you just have stuff ready to go for this kind of thing? Or did you have to spend a lot of time scouting out like, okay, where can I get certain hardware? You know, I've got to just eat the investment and just buy all a bunch of stuff. Like, what was that like? Yeah. So, uh, once again, it kind of just worked out that, um, uh, we were able to have a good relationship with Red Bull and Red Bull, um, really basically supported the event at a large scale, including, uh, helping us get consoles that we needed for most of the games. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I've actually just been low-key buying up PS4 Pros uh, with a couple other people uh, in my like local scene just because uh, for people who aren't aware, basically a lot of the newer um, games, they run a lot laggier on base PS4 compared to PS4 Pro, which is usually at parity with PS5 or better sometimes. Um, so... Basically, yeah, I mean, I have a full Gundam setup. Uh, actually, I have, I almost have a full two Gundam sets, that, that being like eight um, at my house. I, I, I own like, I don't know, between basically, I, between me and uh, my housemates, like we have and, and our locals, like we basically just have like five to six PS, PS4 Pros just lying around uh, in, in my house as like a, a Gundam setup. Um, but for the most part, yeah, Red Bull gave us the hookup, and we kind of filled in from there as the TLDR on that. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, you know, shout out to Red Bull for being a major sponsor of the event. Uh, made a bunch of things happen. You guys had that uh, NorCal versus SoCal sponsored event as well. I guess we could talk about that very briefly, but later, later. Um, now, well, I will say, yeah, go just ahead. to just to jump in really quick to answer for people interested, because um, again, this is kind of for people who are really wondering what kind of logistics are involved. I do think that. Um, crowdsourcing your your consoles can definitely work just to be transparent uh for most of our games we ran pools with a setup of uh three setups for a lot of these 64 cap uh games for the uh higher cap games for the 96 uh cap games we ran uh four setups per pool and for most games other than strive basically we ran one pool at a time so we, for example, like for, uh, I don't know, uh, Grand Blue, right? For Grand Blue, we had three setups and we only ever had three setups. So it's like, you know, if I was, if we were to say transplant this to another region, like you could probably find 
if you ask your grand blue scene, you could probably get them to roll through with three setups. That's that's not hard actually. So I think it can definitely be done crowdsourced. Um, and a lot of other larger scale events, uh, once you get to the point where you need a ton of consoles, you know, you, it's oftentimes you'll hit up a gaming gen or another service that can provide consoles. Um, but, you know, depending on your scale of event, uh, even if you're just basically trying to go beyond the local level, I do think to some degree crowdsour- uh, crowdsourcing those PS4s uh, can definitely work. Yeah, I think crowdsourcing is essential. I mean, that's just kind of how you know, a lot of us get by and just, that's just kind of the common practice. But yeah, that's actually super interesting um, because I think a lot of people are like, oh, how, how do I run a 64 man event? You know, how many things do I need? But it's really, I think the yeah. way that you put it, you broke it down was really interesting. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I literally was there. Right? I, I was literally being like, okay, what's next step? Uh, we need consoles. Uh, how the hell do I get 40 PS4s? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's, that's the kind of the question, right? So, um, that that's really cool uh tell me about like you guys like i I guess i talked a little bit about the stage side like you guys had two streams right and so um i'm assuming that a big part of your decision in working with guildhouse was just the venue having the internet to to really make streams possible or like what was that like um yeah i mean if you run an event at let's say a ballroom or something like that uh, you can also get internet at your ballroom. It's going to cost money, which is a uh, pain. So it certainly helped that their venue kind of came packaged with actually having serviceable internet. So, um, I mean, if, if money is no concern, then, you know, you, just, you, you can get it basically wherever you're trying to set things up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, they kind of handled the production for the main stage. Uh, we had a lot of cool production stuff going on on the production level. Um, and then we we brought in uh, Funky P, who people definitely know if they watch anime streams for events. Like he's pretty much always uh, writing a stream, and so having him holding down the second stream was actually like super clutch. Um, actually, because like he was one of the few people the weekend where I never basically had to go over and 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 worry about whether he was handling it because he was always handling it. And yeah, I just kind of I was able to kind of let him do his thing and not have to babysit him or make sure that things aren't exploding. It was like, you know, he, he was handling it. So shout out to Paul for just being the homie. Yeah, yeah. always yeah, have yourself Paul, capable. Definitely stream. self-contained. <laughs> yeah, man, that 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 is like personally like that's aspirational, like just being that that reliable, like in the streaming space, I think is like really valuable. So if there's any of you out there who are like, you know interested in doing that like really having your setup like on lock so that you can take it somewhere and just set up and just be on top of it is like super super good um so let's talk about like the the people side i guess now that we've kind of touched on that um so i mentioned osugure is over here lurking in the background and um i know osu was over there working the event and a big part of uh, making it possible. But um, I think, I think, you know, I introduced Brett as the event director, but I think Osu's role is a little more nebulous and all encompassing in all of this. So Osu, why don't you tell us about your time working at Slashback, kind of what you did and like how you got involved. So I'd like to, let me start this off way back. Cause right, Brett go. hit me up. Like as soon as Brett decided to like, even start, like processing making the event and he was like i'll probably you need you down here and i was like i like this was before we started doing vg on stuff like or we started winding down on it to the point where it's like all right we're about to run it 
So this is like somewhere before Frosty, I think in like December. Yep. That's when Brett told me, he's like, all right, I'm going to need you here. Get no word until like January. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you here. And I was like, all right, what's, I'll do whatever. Just let me know. Oh, and I was expecting <laughs> that what I was going to do was going to come for Brett. Dennis got word that I was coming, and that's where it was all over. <laughs> it was all over. So, <laughs> I, I, uh, we, that is something that we hadn't mentioned, but is definitely at this point that we, we have to mention that there's a bunch of people I have on my, I had on my team for this event. Uh, but certainly Dennis, um, from PNW is like the biggest for us as far as making things work on the admin side. Um, I was really able to rely on him. Uh, as someone who had a lot of experience working um, larger scale events, even than I have from the admin side, because uh, if people don't know, like a lot of the time, um, if I'm at like a major, I'm usually working commentary. Uh, and if I'm not doing that, then helping out, um, you know, running side games and things like that. So I actually don't typically work the, the admin level for the actual event event. So um, Dennis actually had the most experience, I think, of any of us as far as, uh, you know, doing stuff, um, you know, at, at a large scale on the admin end. And by admin end, uh, for people listening, that's kind of just talking about things on the literal sense of like, okay, uh, from all the Smash GG stuff, all the bracket stuff to the in-person things of managing your bracket runners and figuring out how things are logistically happening, basically. So nothing to do with production, but just literally making the tournament function and getting it done. That that was a lot of it was him. Um, and so this event definitely uh, could not have happened without him. So, yeah, he basically found out that Osu um, was coming. And in his words, basically, he told me, he said, you know, uh, so Dennis said, uh, I have kind of a way he basically said I have a kind of a way of doing things um that I that I feel like is kind of best and Osu is one of the people who aligns with me in in his like in in my thought process of you know what what needs to be done to get things you know done correctly so he basically said yeah like osu will basically do everything that i want him to do so i'm <laughs> just going to need osu to do whatever i need him to do and i said okay that's fine <laughs> Okay, yeah. Shout out to Dennis. Dude is yeah always De always on top of it. Dennis yeah, gave me like, a very yeah. fun surprise email of here's your hours, and I was like, oh, so I don't leave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, De Dennis, like, so Dennis literally has been basically begging me for the last three plus years to do an event so that he can kind of get PNW and and help help make it happen so um yeah like he was basically one of the first people i messaged and i'm pretty sure the conversation went something like okay dennis you win i'm doing an event and he just goes thank you god like something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah incredible 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 stuff okay yeah that's really that's really interesting um yeah we should I, I just wanted to briefly understand like okay what was osu doing there i mean i know i know yeah. the answer which is like everything osu tell me yeah. what, were you, what he, did you do I, yeah tell me what you did he, even I don't know exactly what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you break it down? So the start of it, and this is, was when Dennis hit me up and he said, I was like, all right, you're going to help me with admin work. I was like, all right, cool. So I was like, all right, me and Dennis will be on top of Smash. That was like the main thing I was thinking of. Okay. Like, all right, so we'll be on top of Smash the whole entire event. 
which I think we had somewhere between like 30 to 40 some odd volunteers is on top of that. Oh, so really? okay. it's, yeah, it was way more than I was expecting for like the first time of the event. Like we, like we blew this out of the park for us uh, doing this. Total, total, total people helping at the events. Total staff was uh, 69. Nice. Nice. Okay. Wow. That's <laughs> nice. a lot of people. Yeah. So I was like, all right, we're going to sit there and handle the admin work. We'll hand your smash back in. Cool. Then, and for the people that don't know how my life normally works, I run shows and do events for a living. Like, I'm always working on an event of some kind, some way. A, an expensive program called Vectorworks that straight up, like, pro designing event floors and stuff like that. So... By the time I finally have to get down to Slashback, I literally got off that night at 2 a.m. from a show for John Deere that we were doing at the Aria. Slept for like two okay. or three hours, drive straight eight hours straight over the San Jose. Damn, hey. okay. Get yeah. her done. Yeah, get her done. I get there and it's like, I need you. And Brett, like, as soon as I like parked, that was Brett was like, I need you now. I was like, all right, like I just barely parked. Give me a sec to get out. Damn. All right. Well, uh, dare I ask, what happened? What What did you like immediately emerge to? I just emerged to. I was like, we're doing a pre-event. So if we didn't, if you didn't know, we had a pre-event on Thursday where it's like essentially vent floors open. We're all chilling, games, drinks, because it's still a bar. Bar on top of that is like, and that's also when the exhibition of NorCal v SoulCal was happening. Right. Okay. So I was like, all right, I need you now. I was like, all right, cool. I was like, give me a second out of my car, and then I'll get get to working. Get out immediately. It's like, all right, I need you on Smash. Well, <laughs> laptop out. I'm stuck. I'll sit here. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay, heard, heard, heard. Okay. that's Yeah, that's so that was the initial gist. Then, plus, because lighting design background and stuff, I had, a little, I had to tap in a little on that. I didn't have to tap in as much as I thought I was going to. Thank you, Guildhouse. It was on clutch with that. That's but cool. it was a lot of like back end coordination stuff, is what I was on because I couldn't leave because they also they didn't have a social plan. So I also got stuck on socials. So all the tweets. Hello. Was, yeah, those, those, look, those look like your tweets. I was like, yeah, that's so sweet. Doing tweets. So well, there were mostly my tweets besides uh, Brett being a Brett asking for a certain, I need the songs in my tweets. I mean, I, 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 I had suggestions of like tying our tweets in thematically to our event theme. Yeah, I but, remember that. Uh, Osu definitely took it on himself to to stand by them long after I had I had brought it up. So that's <laughs> a is a we were we were mutually involved in that. I suppose. Okay. Cool. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, that r- real quick, I will have to say. You know, not that I felt, but I saw just online everywhere says um, thematically, like you mentioned how, you know, the songs are a big part of it and, you know, it had to fit thematically that, you know, from the trailers. And I know that's kind of what you do, Brett, but everybody loved it. Everybody loved the theming and just the the presentation of the event. And um yeah, uh, definitely shout out to y'all like for creating your own kind of 
you know, putting your stick in the ground of what you wanted your event to be. Yeah, and... we should talk about like the visual identity and the promotion of stuff because I think that in itself yeah. is like super worth uh, talking about. But yeah, I-, I wanted to say though, you said you had 69 volunteers. Nice. But also like, I think a lot of people maybe sound, well, that sounds like a lot of people, right? But I think um, what, what you said, but like at the very beginning really kind of explains it, which is that like a lot of people uh, came in because they were repping their scene, right? Like they were like, okay, if Slashback runs grand blue i'm gonna go and i'm gonna try to help a grand blue because i grind grand blue i tell my scene to go you know play grand blue this was there's a lot of people and this is why i think like we're gonna see a lot of events pop up now with with completely new names like there's a lot of organizers out there there's a lot of people willing to help uh like did did you really expect to have so many people on hand or like what was your process with that so definitely that was something that I was worried about and then somehow became extremely relieved when I looked back and saw that we were actually really good on volunteers. So so this is going to be something uh, I'll, I'll break down in terms of some numbers for people, because I think that um, this is definitely including to myself really like all mysterious black box stuff. If you are just an attendee for an event um, is things like how many volunteers or how many shifts you need so uh just to put things into perspective right we we were running uh nine games and we had a schedule of you know that encompassed two days of basically like running events right so uh you have a lot of things that basically need to happen uh and so if you look at like pools for example um we had I think at the most we had was uh, 13 pools running at the same time at our, our second wave. Waves being like uh, the the two-hour time blocks. That's kind of how we look at things from the admin side. So um, we, we were running various amounts of pools throughout the day, and you need a bracket runner for each of those pools. You also need to have people running like uh, check-in for the front desk, so just to get your badge and stuff like that, right? Um, things like watching the door, you need people to help, uh, manage the stage and help manage the stream and be a go in between, between, uh, whatever game is being run on stream and that pool. Um, and basically if you look at that process, um, we had a total of about, uh, like a hundred and... I think uh, maybe 150 ish shifts, maybe 130 ish shifts. So that's that's and each of those shifts is two hours. So what you're looking at is, yeah, you're looking at somewhere between like 300 hours of work ish that you need to get filled basically by volunteers if you don't have money, basically like us. So obviously this is uh, the caveat here is that, yeah, this this is still very grassroots events. Um, you know, I'm not able to basically pay all the people who, in my opinion, really deserve to be paid for this kind of stuff. But uh, it is unfortunately what it is. But it is kind of the reality of a, a lot of events um, is kind of relying on on volunteers. Um, so, yeah, that's it's basically it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work that is just the bare minimum. So everything I kind of mentioned is like if you're trying to run your event right and not trying to cut corners, um, that is what you're expecting. You're expecting, you know hundreds of hours of work that you need people to help out with. Um, and th- and that's, again, just like at the, the very lowest level. So, yeah, I mean, basically uh, partway through the lead up to the planning phase, I'm like, okay, 
uh you know we we might not be good on volunteers we we really need uh, a lot of people and people kind of just passed the word around and you know i i woke up a couple days later looking at our volunteer forum and seeing the size increase you know by by tens of people so uh that that was very surprising very lucky in my opinion uh that i we were blessed to have enough people willing to uh help pitch in and and so like it, it might not sound like a big deal if you're just a volunteer and you run a single bracket, but it's like the actual culmination of seeing that many people be willing to, uh, you know, do that kind of work. It is extremely impactful, actually, to making things function, just straight up function. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to volunteers. We we know all about that around here. Yeah, like we definitely do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, pretty much everyone on this call is volunteering for shit all the time. Yep. So everyone here knows. But yeah, for real, like people listening, it's like uh, that is one of the biggest factors in making shit happen, basically. Um, and we were able to do that without really straining people unless they wanted to be strained like Osu. Uh, but, you know, like for the regular volunteers, we were able to not force them to do more than they're comfortable with, for example. And so um yeah, and we had we had a lot of experienced people um from from things like I don't know, we 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 had people who you know do do stuff on the Evo like official side, right? That were volunteering and you know, I know Dennis was definitely just like damn, like I hope that we can make we 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 just want to make you feel happy because we know that <laughs> you deserve to be paid for this. Um so, you know, like we were really uh you could feel definitely how much people were just wanting to come through and help. Um, that was, that was very apparent. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a really good, that's a really good perspective. Um, I, I think like, like we were talking about, you know, the community has been looking for this for so long that it's, it's really, it's nice to see the people come through and really help. And that's, that's kind of the nice part I think is like, I really do feel like if you're going to be at an event, you know, you go to northern california for a weekend right and you are your your plan is to show up somewhere and play video games like i really do think like and this is something i always do is like i just like okay how can i spend two hours of my time right helping out the event because you, you you may think oh well two hours is kind of a short budget of time but if if everyone has that attitude right and in the anime circles it seems like a lot of people do then those schedule like you said 300 hours or so like that that really does fill up right with uh you know if people have the the right attitude towards it they're willing to just put a little bit of time into what is needed right as long as everyone is like on the same page about that that we all need to put in at least a little bit of work then it all gets taken care of and we can all collectively you know help each other have a good time yeah i mean i'll say uh for people who've been around long enough i assume that we're all on the same page about doing this since you know day one it's like if you play anime games uh, in, in pretty much any region that's not Japan, even then, uh, you're kind of already in this mindset of like you're in the niche, right? And everything you do is kind of very grassroots. You really got to scrap together everything to make things work. So volunteering and stuff like that is kind of ingrained, I think, in in yep. the community for people who've been around long enough. But I think I was really impressed that, you know, like Strive players were volunteering and it's like they, relatively speaking, are like, coming from a, a place where they don't have to really they, they they probably never really felt that i mean strive is like one of the biggest games and it has a lot of support so the fact that even like those players 
uh, did not hesitate to to pitch in and and help out like the rest of us was um, really inspiring to me. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think that's uh, I think that's really good, and it really does kind of show people like yeah, in other communities, this is how we we do it. This is how we get here, right? And because like even for Strive, like yeah, there's a lot of you know a lot of uh, very big interests in the space wanting to give them something, but like if if Strive is your game, right? You know, and those people shift gears and they you know they want to look at the next big thing and you just want to keep playing guilty gear strive then you know you're gonna have to take a page out of their book right you're gonna have to look back on things like this and um you know something to always keep in the back pocket because especially nowadays with uh how events are going like we said a lot of things have left and a lot of people are just getting started like you you always have to be ready to go to that level of like okay how do we do this grassroots right like you you can never forget that i think as a scene Otherwise, you are in trouble. You you will just start from square zero with just have no idea like what to do. So really, really cool. Um, I want to shift gears and talk about presentation. So um, Hagare touched on something that I think is really important, which was the the aesthetic of the event. That you know, music was a big focus for you. You guys had those trophies. Uh, the the what were they? They were they CDs or were they vinyls? What, what were they they were CDs. they were cds yeah, right yeah yeah so um talk to me about i mean i know i know your background in, in this i think we all do but i want to hear it from you because i think a lot of people maybe do not know which is on them we're gonna have to link some cmbs or something in the description <laughs> to this but like tell me about your background in kind of doing creative stuff in the fgc and how that informed your your event because i feel like a lot of what you've done really is like you're playing to your strengths in, in promoting slashback like tell me about yeah that. um i think again i will really chalk this up to um good fortune that we kind of had an idea and and it kind of worked out at all the levels I'll, I'll touch on a really good funny example of that um but yeah so um I guess for myself, um, in my day job, I am a professional video editor. So I basically, uh, I, I video, I edit video for a living. Uh, I basically work for, uh, affiliate of Disney. So, um, and I, I freelance video edit for some pretty large companies. Um, so that's my day job. Um, and basically the way I got to where I am as far as my career goes is through making combo videos. So I've been video editing. I mean, I, I, I was an art major in college. I studied uh, uh, video as well as a lot of other uh, mediums when I was in college. But yeah, I mean, so I've been video editing uh, since I was in high school, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for, for various degrees, uh, I didn't know whether I wanted to do it as a profession. And uh, I actually thought I was going to do something like uh, either print design or web design related uh, when I was in college. Uh, I didn't really actually um, expect to pursue like an editing career because back back then, I guess I didn't really know what that profession's like kind of landscape was like. And I knew that I didn't really want to work in Hollywood. I didn't really want to do film film stuff. So I kind of actually like abandoned pursuit of uh editing as a career and i was looking at you know more graphic related things um and i started making combo videos um you know just for fun kind of um around oh i don't know just on the side here and there since like 2010 ish basically after college um but like 
I I play Guilty Gear as the first game I I learned from fighting games for real. Um, and so like if, if Guilty Gear Axon Core is probably the game I put, spend the most time playing ever. And that game is very deeply um, steeped in kind of like combo video culture. Um, you know, this is before like Twitter. This is like the era of you know 240p Nico videos, things like that. Yeah. So. Uh, that's really like a big part of my upbringing as far as like even a player goes is combo video is really important to me. Uh, so even before I made my own, I was just very I was a very astute, um, like kind of student of the craft. Um, but, you know, I made a bunch and, um, you know, some some opportunities kind of fell my way and uh I re I didn't really know that like you could get a job as an editor that wasn't tied to like cinema. Um, and so, you know, and, and this, this is also because like, this is before YouTube and stuff too. Right. Or like, so just like the things you could do with video where if you were instructed in school, it was, it was much more limited. So kind of, I, I kind of blinked and then all of a sudden the world of video was like completely different. Right. And now I think this sounds obvious to people because it's like, hey, you know, you you got you, you every YouTuber has an editor, right? That's that's like a big part. Like if you're trying to get into editing now, that's definitely something you're gonna you're gonna come up and find is like, oh yeah, you know, well, you could you could break out by being like a, a YouTuber's editor, things like that. But like back then, when I when I was like studying, it, uh, that was just you know that obviously wasn't the thing, and I didn't really know. So I kind of came back to a completely different world where I was told, oh, hey, you know, like you can actually edit stuff and not be, you know, going hand in hand with uh, with Hollywood. And to me, I was like, OK, well, I guess I'm going to try again. So, yeah, I I kind of pursued uh, video editing and, you know, I I included combo video stuff in, in my reel, basically, uh, in my, you know, for for applying. And so that's literally where I am. Um, so that's that's just, uh, I guess, an aside as far as uh, where I am on a professional level. But yeah, so Slashback itself is um, basically it's like it's very, very hyper focused on my vision. Um, and like you said, it's kind of playing to my strengths. I really wanted it to show off uh, kind of this aesthetic style that's kind of like a bit old school. It's really it's really tr trying to lean into that kind of um, combo video, uh, you know, early 2000s, late 90s, like punk rock aesthetic um i'm mostly inspired by uh music festivals in japan actually so i i've been like you know obviously i've been a, a fan of the of the genre uh of like japanese rock metalcore and like whatever you want to call it punk rock things like that um for a while um but uh i only started like attending uh like large-scale music festivals somewhat recently and like those kind of events were really big inspiration uh, from the theme. So that's kind of like where we were thematically was like uh, it was very like music inspired. But, you know, in in a way that's very, very specific to like my niche, basically. And I know that like what I think was it like a keep on rocking. Just uh, there were a couple of people who definitely were joking when they got into the venue on day one that like this event is just an excuse for me to show off like whatever music I wanted people to get into. Cause like from the beginning, we are kind of like black. We have, we had a Spotify soundtrack and it's all like, you know, the kind of music basically that I felt was a uh, very in line with the themes of, of the event. Um, and yeah, we, from there, like kind of everything we were doing, we kind of tried to put that spin on it. 
So, um, you know, I, 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 I was like, well, if I'm a video editor, how can I kind of leverage my talents to, um, to do this? Um, and so, you know, from the beginning, we had these basically combo video esque like PV trailers, um, which are very different, I think, than your typical tournament like PV. Um, so, so that's that's like something that we kind of started with. Um, and then I'll also mention that I obviously like I studied graphic stuff and I also do graphics stuff on the side. So like for um, what was Anime Evo now nine five six, like I had been one of the first people really to help do the graphics package. And obviously like Shiv does an amazing job basically doing all the stuff um, for the most part now. But like, yeah, I, I, I was pretty involved in a lot of that kind of stuff. And um, basically for Slashback also um, a large portion of the kind of visual design is also made by me so this kind of this event like my hand is in a lot of the aspects of kind of the themes and visuals and um i don't know if i'd recommend doing that by the way uh i found <laughs> it very quickly um that is actually entirely psychotic to be an event director and also uh you know be your graphics uh graphics person and be your video editor and your promo lead like and doing all that stuff yourself that is insane and i know no one else does that and never do that do not do that um that is that's very very bad but i did that because i'm crazy i guess um but even even i like i i had to reach out to people like shib to get help um because i did not have enough time leading up this man i was like i can't actually do everything um and that's that's definitely a big theme as far as takeaways go for me but um I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but yeah, basically as far as theme goes, we had this kind of like J-Rock, J-Punk style um, vibe, and it kind of aligned with this, yeah, we had this like a music combo video theme, um, and you can see that in like pretty much everything we're doing. Um, we, I, I think a lot of people also correctly pointed out that it kind of had this like SBO old school style vibe too. We were doing these like, uh, with these in-person stage intros where we had like uh we had lighting and smoke and stuff and we had these like opening trailers and stuff like that so um i was also definitely kind of tapping into that energy so yeah basically is heavily inspired by kind of a lot of the stuff that um i am connected to as far as um like anime fighters go and i think that really helped make it feel very very unique um and also in line with like the content that being like anime fire stuff. So um, I'm really happy with how things came out. A lot of it was really like RNG. So for example, the, the, the trophies, um, which I got a lot of compliments on the trophies and I do think they look pretty cool. Um, but obviously like the, the big elephant in the room is that there are other events that are music themed. So like combo breaker is basically, you know, like it's, it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, like major that isn't like Evo. Right. and, it's it's also music themed so a big thing was also like well how do we do this without just looking or like we're copying combo breaker um and and, and i don't know if we succeeded on that end by the way there's definitely a lot of stuff where it's like ooh, yeah we kind of like yeah our twitter logo kind of looking like combo breakers it's a little cringe but you know like uh, um but uh those trophies yeah like um basically the cd trophy that we found that a supplier had that just happened to be way cheaper than getting the nice vinyl ones like combo breakers are like those yeah. are like twice as expensive and ours are so much cheaper they're they're not like dirt cheap they still cost money but i said hey like you know this 
this is a lot more cost effective and this is kind of like on brand right because like yeah we're it, not i was about gonna record. say yeah it's you know this is like the era of like c you know cd playlists and, and this yeah. is something that i think uh when we were doing like evo 22 i was i was talking about like for vortex gallery like i was i was thinking kind of the same things i was like you know the aesthetic is not not vinyl it's it's cds you know it's, yeah it's like a yeah. different thing it's a materially different thing to tap into yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah is that yeah, our event yeah it ain't vinyl it's not record it's cds it's it's that era um and so it was basically just fortunate that i, I saw those and said hey that's cheaper and it's really thematic and then it turned out to be something that like people really liked and i just kind of played around with the design of it it's it's really simple but i think it it really uh, worked out and um i had a lot of other cool ideas which we didn't get to do but you know hopefully next year we'll be able to implement even more on this end as far as the thematics go but um yeah like we had um, we had banners um next to the stages so we had the, our stages were like labeled and then we had kind of like timetables uh, we had a timetable on the back of the badge, which I think like we're one of the few people to do, which I think was really, really cool too. Um, but like all this stuff is, yeah, really inspired from like me going to these kind of, um, Japanese music festivals and, and kind of seeing how they did things. And obviously it's like a completely different kind of experience compared to a fighting game event, but I just really wanted to tap into that energy. And I think some of it was able to transfer and I was uh, pretty happy with the way a lot of that turned out. I think, uh, you know, to kind of get to your point of like, uh, you know, getting inspiration from like other events, like I think, I think the thing is like a lot of us converge on the same ideas because it's the culture, right? Like you mentioned For like sure. combo breakers, very music focused. I mean, even Evo did like a, a record you know in in the in recent times and even even in the past like way before they used to do that like and i think kind of there's an aesthetic here that really represents anime fighters that that you kind of were looking for and you know incidentally anime fighters and the aesthetic they bring to the table is what people really want right now and like even like looking at like outside of that like capcom right like there's you can see their influences also and kind of a lot of the same things we're talking about a lot of the same like aesthetics right so i think it's just yeah, like sure. i think like i think like yeah like what you're saying makes sense but um i also think like it it's all because we're all the culture of the fgc is just very like interconnected like yeah you're, you're you like fighting games now now you like like 10 other things you know that's just how it goes right yeah. um so you know interesting thing to to think about i do want to kind of i think we talked a lot about planning let's talk about the event okay so talk to me i guess like i don't know if this is like the week of the event or the the day like friday you know friday morning maybe like when are you when is it hitting you oh shit this is real like you're about to do this right like what what what's that like um you know honestly i'll say as a director um the days the day of and beyond it's it's kind of running itself in the sense that's like what however you set it up leading to that point that's where you're at so for me um the oh shit periods were like the month prior basically okay because that's when you're hitting all the deadlines so for example like you know uh, that that's where i was dying basically uh, it's yes. like uh so you know oh your badges right well when do you need those physical badges well ideally you have them several weeks before the event and um i actually wanted to be able to distribute my badges 
to at locals actually, just because I I, I realized uh, since we we did enforce vaccination at our event, you had to be vaccinated um, for the most part, or 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 you had to have proof of uh, you know a negative test result. But because we required vaccination. I was like, dude, the line for this on the first day is going to be insane. So I was rushing to try and you know distribute these badges on the local level. And then I'm like, okay, well, if I need these badges like three weeks prior to the event, then you know it takes like a, a week to ship it out. And that means I got to finish designing them the week prior to that. So I got to finish these badges uh, you know, a month prior to the event. Oh, wait, that's right now. <laughs> Keep yeah. things like that. Um, and a lot of other people who have experience were like assuring me like, oh, you know, things are very last minute in this field. And that's kind of the norm. But to me, as someone who uh, who is not experienced at, you know, doing things from this position at this scale, things like the fact that I was, you know, getting these Kinko, I was getting these banners for the floor printed like several days before the event like to me that was insane i understand that that is common but uh to me i'm like this is crazy <laughs> you know so so that was the month leading up so that that was really in february where i was like i have so much shit that i need to get done like you know i we got it our layouts you know i told i told my streamers i was gonna have this package ready for them you know by the end of february and then like i'm getting it to them you know like several days before the event things like that you know so i mean um uh it, there was a lot of panicking at that point um but uh by the event itself the focus really shifts to like okay you have everything set up but now you just need to make sure the execution is right and to firefight so it's like i wish i could say that i just didn't have to do anything you know i was just doing other things at the events like, okay as soon as the the day of is happening it's like i am running around just making sure everyone has their stuff together resolving issues and yeah we had we had a lot of issues that needed to be resolved um and then and then every night after after the well i guess the the night i guess yeah both nights i guess uh pre pre-event and the first day like that night i would go back home and then i would finish editing some of the top eight videos because i didn't finish them <laughs> and yeah i basically didn't sleep that that weekend uh, i don't know how i operated but uh yeah, I was I was like staying up, basically barely sleeping, to, just to edit these top eight videos, um, before uh, uh, before like you know getting back up at the crack of dawn to to head back up. But you know, yeah, it it was definitely like the there were it, their own challenges uh, on the day of, but certainly like the pre planning phase. I think like the month prior, that was where uh, everything kind of just exploded at the same time. We had a lot of things that needed to get done all at the same time. And that's where I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have put like all these graphic things on myself. Cause I think that was the main thing is like, when you have lots of time, it doesn't feel that bad, but I realized, Ooh, you know, like I, I mean, I don't really do, for example, like graphic design, uh, professionally anymore. So video editing actually wasn't a big deal. Like I know exactly how long it's going to take me to edit a video. Uh, because that's my job, right? So I'm like, oh yeah, this is only going to take me like an hour per topic video, and you know, I think something like that, and and I, I'm able to stick to that clock. But things like, yeah, I need to design like you know uh, a banner. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, okay, how long is this going to take me? I don't really know. And I'm like, it's probably going to take me like three hours, right? And then it turns out to take me you know eight hours and things like that. That that's what crushed me. 
Um, and so that was that was definitely the my living nightmare for the, the the like couple of weeks leading up to the event. Wow, it's certainly a a good thing then then the that the kind of a presentation of the event was something that people were very positive about because yeah, it sounds like it sounds like you were really going through it with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm relieved that people like it because. You know, I definitely really put myself out there with like kind of a lot of the fact that this is like really just kind of my brainchild kind of thing. So it, it is a relief that it seemed to be received well. But uh, it's also was really great to actually have the people who did collaborate with me on the visual stuff because it was like it was like you have no idea how much of a relief it is, honestly, uh, as someone like myself, where I like I'm, I'm generally in general kind of like bad about leaning on other people so it, it was really really good to for example like um like um someone like uh flow was the person who did some of the uh mo most of the the stream assets and like man it is such a good feeling to be like hey you know i need this this stuff um and and and, and pitch them and give them prompts and then come back and see something that's like that you wouldn't have been able to do that looks great and just be like wow that's awesome like i'm so glad that, that we just have this and i didn't have to do anything like that that was like uh, actually really really good feeling right 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 i mean for for like you know silver lining is like i think um I, I assume, and I guess we'll we'll talk about this at the end. But like, if you were to do it all over again, you probably wouldn't do organizing. You know, the the whole package part like that. You would probably delegate that that whole presentation side out a little more. But I think now, like, you know, now you have this really unique identity uh, for what Slashback is, and kind of some expectations as to like, okay, what can this look like? What can this sound like? What can this, you know, yeah, which like you know is informative for an event that you know may want to continue going like you know that, that kind yeah of thing. i mean so for example i don't think i would have done it differently as far as like the video editing i still would have like if i had to do it all over again i would have delegated all the editing to myself you know that, that that's, yeah, that's kind of like that for, for example sure. yeah um but yeah like l exactly what you said that uh yeah you know if i had to do it all over again i definitely would have picked some of the areas where i felt like um I was weaker in and tried to get people to, you know, do some of that. But it's I'm definitely uh, revealing the curtain on just how much of this was the kind of like a crazy nut job <laughs> to people who have no idea how events run. It's like, well, you know, I'm pretty sure not every event is run like this. So I don't know how much insight this is going to give as far as like, you know, yeah, this yeah. part of it goes. But hopefully this uh, will uh, shed some light on some of the the broader strokes of things. Well, I think that's also well. well you, okay, I want I want to hear what Hagari says, but I do think yeah. I was gonna to say, say like I feel like we're we're all event organizers here on this call, right? Like we all were just like laughing. I've been there, right? I I think every event like has its challenges, right? And they're a little bit different, but you know, a lot of the things you know, like the timeline is very it can. It can vary, right? Where there's slow periods, and then all of a sudden, like, oh shit, everything's due, right? Especially the month before. Like when you said that, I was like, oh man, do I know that feeling? Like it's the month before, like everything is due, right? Like all of a sudden, like the things that you know, like that. Okay, let me try to knock this out. That one I can push back a week, and like you're 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 just out of time. Um, but I also resonated with what you were saying. Like once it's go time, you know, once it's event time, like. There's no more planning to do. It's just like you got to sit there and, you know, whatever you have, you know, like it'll be what it is. And you'll just, you know, putting out fires and eventing or directing the event like as best as you can. And yeah, I think um, they're all different like skill sets, you know, 
and especially delegation, right? Like, and I think also because of our space in the FGC, like we we're grassroots, right? We that we literally start off small and we grow from there, right? So when you're starting off small, a lot of times you know you're 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 doing your locals, right, or whatever. I'm sure there's a lot of organizers out there listening who are like, you know, I'm I'm used to doing everything on my own, right? And so it becomes like a weird gap when you're crossing these boundaries, crossing these levels, like going from a you know a monthly to a weekly to a regional to you know a big event, a re, you know. And you're just like, wow, there's a lot of things that I have to delegate now, right? Because, um, I mean, I felt that myself, too, when I, you know, I mean, I've heard nothing but great things should, about the, you know, design for VG23. Like, everybody loves it. And that's oh how I God, felt. Yeah. Like, yeah, similar to what Brett felt, you know, I was like, these are, this is something that I could do on my own, you know, that I have done on my own before. But trusting somebody else to do that for me execute on that and like release something you're like yo like that is far and beyond anything that i could have ever done and like it's like yo definitely like ship it run it right and it's a it's a really good feeling like working on a team and you know having that skill and i've really felt like um i mean i guess you know inside baseball but i i, I know like a lot of the team who works slashback right like, I already know, like, y'all have that kind of relationship and um, connections with each other. And it is really cool to see that in function and, you know, being real. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, with regards to, like, I, I don't think the challenges that you're saying, like, you know, your specific challenge was you had a, a big creative background. And so you needed to step into, like, a logistics administration role. And, you know, if that that whole kind of process was a little difficult for you because you realize just kind of how much work you took on. I think that actually a lot of people who are probably starting to get into this will have that problem. Like I'm sure a lot of people in the scene have a bit of a creative background or they're they're in this one role. And so when they start, they're going to say, yeah, I'm just going to do this because that's what I've always done, right? Like I am running an event now, but I'm going to keep doing this part that I do already. Right. And, and even if that's detrimental to their overall timeline, because you know, they, they just think, Oh, well, I mean, I always do it. Let me just keep doing it. Right. Who else is going to do it? Me, obviously. Right? Yeah, actually that, that is a good point. I have seen that from other organizers at various scales of events is like, yeah, that, that is a pattern. You know, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so definitely something that like, I know a lot of us, at a very at a local level are just people literally wearing all the hats right who just they show up and they do literally everything basically but like if you're gonna go to that level of a regional right or a major right that that kind of thing is something that you got to be careful of i think in terms of pitfalls yeah i remember someone asked me if i was gonna do any commentary at slash back and i was like <laughs> you <laughs> i had a good laugh i had a good laugh hey man it's yeah i, I would have been i was worried to be honest with you that you might have what like i didn't no know way. what I mean, your your timeline was no shot but i um, was a little worried yeah my my policy is always that uh if i'm if like if i'm working something i don't put myself on like any other job basically so you know i, I don't enter tournaments when i'm working commentary at events and uh, there was no shot. I was going to put myself at the mic. And uh, luckily we had a lot of talent, so I was never worried. So that was one aspect where 
I was like, I felt like we were we were pretty good um, from the get go. I was like really happy with um, our commentary pool. Okay, yeah. So so take it to the the event starts like Friday. I don't know if you want to do like a day by day just kind of recount, or if you just want to say like, okay, you know, it's Friday evening, right? You guys are doing the side tournaments. Uh, you guys are doing the the six v six. Like, uh, you know, what what are your feelings? Like, how do you how do you? Yeah, feel? Friday was um Friday was really chill. You know, um, well, relatively chill. I mean. I woke up in the morning. Okay, so first of all, my RNG was really good, but I will have to say the bad RNG was absolutely the power outages. So we had these power outages um, a couple days, I think, before Slashback, and it actually literally was very close to Im- hugely impacting things. Uh, and I guess there was one thing that was impacted by this, but I don't really even talk about it. But basically, like... I think like on Monday or something or Tuesday, I had to bring my PC over to Tari's house and do work at his house because I couldn't do it at home because of the power outage. But, uh, you know, so we were we were kind of rushing things. But Friday was actually kind of smooth. Woke up, um, grabbed uh, Dennis and a couple of the other guys. And um, we basically went over to uh, well, I went to Kinko's to pick up these banners then I went straight to the venue around five something, and a lot of people were basically there setting stuff up. Um, so you know, we we set up uh, tables and stuff for check in because uh, basically on Friday we were doing a pre event, so that was basically kind of an excuse to distribute these badges to people. So you know, I lugged over like all of our basically all of our stuff, and we had just a ton of stuff, right? Like equipment, you know, things to hold your like little signs all of the badges, uh, all of the T-shirts, because all the staff members got a T-shirt, um, just like all kinds of this stuff. Um, lugged it all in. You know, Osu's gets there at a certain point as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's actually mostly floor planning stuff on Friday, so it's things like, okay, uh, we need power for our BOCs, so we got to get people to, you know, plug in power cables. I'm really just honestly working with the Guildhouse team to uh, make sure our like lighting stuff is working right. So we're doing some tests with the lighting, making sure their their sound setup is working and making sure all the stage stuff is stuff. So honestly, yeah, a lot of me was production stuff because like that was also a thing where like I had a vision of how I wanted things to look. I was pretty picky about this and not very many other people on the team really knew exactly what I wanted. So that was like a job where it was like, okay, it's actually needs to be me. Who's really like telling everyone how to kind of set this up from a production standpoint, like how I want the stream angles to look and where, where the camera should go and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, that, that, that was like a lot of my time, but you know, um, Vineeth, who was also on the pre-planning team, and uh, he was uh, the one kind of running this uh, exhibition. So, you know, he kind of got that going uh, for SoCal versus NorCal and Stratus. Like, that's happening, and we've got, like, BYOC happening. Um, and, you know, Osu's, uh, Osu and Tabby uh, are running, like, Persona side tournament and then Koihime side tournament. Uh, and meanwhile, we're just trying to do, like, layout stuff, basically, because... The venue is still actually open to the public, and um, so they've got some of some of the space. Basically, we can't really touch, so we're just kind of trying to figure out uh, what equipment we can and can't move. It turned out we really couldn't move a lot of it, so that's kind of what we did on Saturday morning. But yeah, Friday night was like making sure we have enough chairs, you know, making sure the space is set up right for in the areas we can move it to. But uh, 
they were they had like a, they they had a Genshin Impact event on that Friday as well. Oh yeah, perfect. As, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. <laughs> that was that was pretty great because they were running it where uh, we wanted to have our TO desk, so we couldn't really set our TO desk up on Friday, but um, we kind of were able to store all of our stuff at least. So Friday, at least for me, was like, yeah, um, figuring out as much as we can figure out, storing and setting up as much as we can set up, and then it's getting our our three main things done. The front desk badges getting taken care of and the side events and the exhibition basically okay okay and then you know you guys set up what you can like you said saturday morning you guys come in i assume early to to get started with stuff and like people start to roll through so like people start to roll through um you guys open doors at 10 a.m i believe right we open doors at 10 yeah um and we got there i got there at seven i think a bunch of us got there at seven and it's all moving stuff. It's all, you know, uh, moving chairs, making sure setups are right, uh, making sure audio is right, um, setting up, you know, splitters, making sure the stream is set up. Um, you know, think, things like that. That's that's all happening in the morning. Um, and and we we started a little late as as, you know, not too ex- unexpected. But I think we open we ended up opening our doors at 1020. So it wasn't actually that bad. Um, so luckily, things did not start off too delayed. We did start everything on time. So I don't know. I think Osu can talk a bit more about the miracle of like, I don't know. Some somehow things didn't explode. Don't, I don't no, know how. I don't, I don't know how we didn't explode. I was so surprised because, yeah, we got there at seven. I think we, and I was expecting to get set up actually like er- like earlier before we even opened doors like somewhere around like 9 30 so that way it's like the last 30 minutes me and brett are just going around it's like all right let's just actually double check and make sure everything is good so it took i think we actually got doors open like 10 15 and i was like surprised with like the delays we had that we got them open at 10 15 and then okay, every- wait, wait, wait 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 i gotta pause because okay i'm not <laughs> trying to call people out but actually what happened was I told them not to let people in, but then, like, somehow they let in some people early. (laughs) But it's okay. But it was funny. I was like, oh, okay, they're coming. Like, (laughs) it was like one of the expected things, but it was at the same time, it was like, well, at least, like, this is like we opened up early enough where people could get in. So I was like, all right, fine enough for me. Like, I, I don't care. I was like, like, we're good. Desk is set up. Cool. Everyone in their stations, cool. Yeah, there was a line out the door in the beginning, but actually somehow miraculously the line was not a blow up. So if I recall, I actually have the numbers. I think like uh, of our badges of our um, like 500 ish attendees, um, apparently like about exactly half of the badges had already been distributed by the time we opened our doors. Wow. So I'm still really amazed at that number because, like, if I had to guess, I I would have guessed that it would have been like a third. Uh, but people at so just so you guys know, like, our venue was of a size where that venue had not done a fighting game event of that scale ever. Right. Um. The the next largest thing was Genesis had a Strive event. Um. Like, I think I don't know if it was like a pre party or it was just like I forget the exact. Uh exact details of it but i believe they ran the strive um tournament maybe or an event 
uh, post Genesis, I think, at Guildhouse. And so that had um, like a hundred ish, like 150 to 200, I think, was like the rough ballpark of attendees. So that was like the next biggest thing they had ever done. Right. OK. And I had heard people saying it was like kind of crowded there at our venue. So it's like now we're going to something that's basically over double the size. So there were a lot of people um, who did who had been to the venue worried about like just whether it was going to accommodate everybody. And I had we had been pretty vocal that like this line might kind of be cursed. So I think because of that there were a ton of people who showed up basically on Friday to get their badge or other events. And so I think a lot of people wanted to dodge that line, too. So the result was actually like after, I don't know, the first um, like less than an hour, I think, like everything yeah, it was like, like, more like 30 minutes, 45. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So some somehow miraculously there wasn't actually congestion. I don't know how it didn't blow up. But like Osa said, yeah, somehow things like started on time, like pools started on time. People showed up like we I'll, I'll be I'll be real. Like we didn't even have like a meeting for our volunteers. Really? Um, okay. which yeah, was, which we should have, so I, we didn't yeah, really so, have time to coordinate it. Cause it would yeah, happen, like, I will say it happened on Friday, yeah. but then like we were too we, busy. We, we were supposed to. <laughs> yeah. We, we were supposed to, uh, so this is definitely like, I don't know if you're thinking about trying to do something like don't do as we did, like you, you should have a meeting, but somehow, somehow we messed up. We didn't really have a volunteer meeting. Somehow it still happened. Somehow all of our volunteers actually showed up on time. I don't know how, but just i don't know like just people were just on, on on the ball i don't know what else to say but it was crazy okay okay that's that's one of those you know the community really came through uh kind of things that you know they thankful to everybody i guess we should we should probably like shout out people like right at the end but uh yeah a ton of great stuff to make the event happen um talk to me i guess about the flow of like the doing the the finals right of each of these events so like you know you guys have these this dual stage set up you have all these players that are you know a lot of people came out to 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 show some high level competition and so now now you're running like top eights for each game and so like what did you guys start with let me where did i put you guys website what yeah, so our, our first top eight on main stage is plus r right um and um that has its own share of blowups because we were running on PC, um, but you know we it it did end up happening. Uh, but uh, our first game was plus R. We had these um, for the first day. Every top eight, regardless of the stage, had the same treatment, which was uh, it got an intro video, it was like a forty second ish, like somewhere between thirty and fifty second ish um, intro video, um, and uh, and then right into the matches basically, um, and. You know, we had uh, we, we those kind of went off without too much of a hitch. So I'm pretty happy about how that worked out. But day one production wise was actually kind of um, not super fancy. We kind of saved the the extra sauce for the second day. OK, um, but uh, but yeah, first was first was plus R. And at the uh, right after that, I think was uh, was Gundam on the second stage. And we definitely had some issues with Gundam. Uh, because it's Gundam, uh, but I think with the PS5s, basically the splitters were not um, being very happy. Oh. But uh, the result was really funny though, which was it got delayed, and the whole time um, we had they were just playing uh, uh, what's uh, what's sorry, Gallant Shar, the like Shar's theme was just like on loop. 
So like there are people waiting to watch her participate in Gundam, just listening to That's it. That's actually like, so good. It, it was it was like thirty to forty minutes actually. Like it was so long. That's crazy. That's that's actually so funny. Okay, yeah. Um, and you guys had DNF dueled, and you guys had uh, CF finals. It looks like at the end of the day. So you guys wrapped yeah. up, like you said, like around nine o'clock. So I assume those went pretty much as you expected. Yeah. Um, CFs in particular, I was really happy with. Like, um, but that's probably my favorite of the top eight intro videos, like of the the standard ones at least. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just because it goes really hard at the beginning, and it's on it's on Paul's stream. So de- uh, he actually has the intro video included in the VOD, so you can like watch it. It's really sick in my opinion, but um it definitely jump scared people because I told Paul to like crank it up when it starts. Cause I that was I think the only uh well I, I think because like there, there were hiccups with some of the other ones, but I um what happened as a result was like it starts off immediately like pretty loudly. So it just jump scared like a ton of people in the audience. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah so I think I, I think BB ran I think BB was the last one to finish because I, I think um I think BB started a little later than DNF. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, for people who like, I think you could see it in a little bit in the actual VODs, um, but I'm sure people saw from like photos and stuff that like uh, we we had this really big LED wall for the main stage, yes. which was very cool. Um, and uh, basically, yeah, the venue helped um, like helped us uh, afford renting it over the weekend. But uh, it was just really cool, and I, I'm really happy that we were able to kind of use it to, like, kind of show off the visuals. So, like, all these, like, top eights and stuff, they had, like, these splash screens um, from the videos I edited put in there. And so it acted as a really cool backdrop for, like, all these award ceremonies and stuff like that. So um, I just remember the DF, DNF one looked really cool and uh, was really happy with the way that one turned out. All right, that's super sick. Um, let's talk about day two, I guess, very briefly. Uh, so you said there was you guys had a lot more plans. Uh, talk to me a little bit about like what you want you did differently for day two. Yes, so day two was the day where we were doing like it's basically finals day. Yep. Um, there's still semis and even pools for Strive and the big bigger games. So Undernight uh, and Exerd were also doing their semis, um, but uh, basically. For all of these games on the main stage, that's where we were doing like the smoke machine, and that's where we were doing like the live, uh, the mic intros for the players, basically. Um, so, like for that, we were still um, doing like rehearsal, basically, to make sure the production was right until almost last minute. So, like we were doing these, like I was doing mic checks, and we were like actually playing things out with the lighting and stuff like that to make sure it looked good. And like we were doing that uh, Saturday morning still, we were still doing that. So um, that was, yeah, very, very, very last minute, but we did get there. Um, and yeah, so every top eight on the main stage has this treatment where uh, we play this, we play this video. Uh, that's like, we have like a, basically an intro hype video for like 30 seconds. Yep. And then like, yeah, we stay on this like splash image and then, uh, while that's still up on playing on like the stage, like we uh, like I'm basically on the mic and I'm kind of introducing the players as they get up and they're like going through the smoke and all that stuff. So um, we we did that basically live um, for every top uh, for every game's top eight on the main stage. That was four of them. Um, so we did Grand Blue, uh, Ex- Grand Blue, Exert, Undernight, and Strive for that. So that was really cool. Um, and that was definitely a challenge. Uh, I'm 
like pretty happy with how things turned out with what we had. I'd love to make it even sicker next year, basically, but um, like I, I think it was it was a treat. I I think the only regret is that it's a little hard to to tell what we did from the streams because like you know it's just a little hard to capture that basically yeah you guys basically stream. have to have a completely separate platform for capturing yeah like, i i think cameras. for some of them there were some shaky cams floating around of like for those um but you know like i just I, I was pretty happy with it just in the sense of like yeah we were like blasting music definitely uh copyright but you know it was like we're blasting music we had like cool effects and just the vibe was really good for these uh people were getting pretty hyped for them so uh, I did feel pretty happy with the way things turned out because that was kind of how I was envisioning it. So it was really nice just kind of seeing that uh, all come together. And like at what point during this whole thing where you're introducing players to top eight, do you realize, oh shit, I can't talk, right? Like at what point? Oh yeah, so <laughs> so that's like the night, the day before. The day before, I was like, so I, so anyone who knows, like my voice generally gets shot kind of fast, unfortunately. Yeah. I really need to like work on that, but anyone who's seen me at like an event knows that like I think Siotaku is the worst one but Siotaku when I'm doing like a top eight at the the at the last uh Siotaku like events like I you know so like undernight or whatever like when I'm doing top eight by that point I'm usually pretty dead my voice is like just barely hanging in there so um for this event I knew that I need to be worried about that so by the end of saturday so the end of day one like my voice is a little damaged and i'm like i think i can push through it and so the end result is that i think by strive my voice is like quite dead and certainly by the time i give my final words i'm i sound dead okay but uh the first one at least sounds like okay and i'm like kind of just basically pushing through it so i got to the finish line about where i expected to be which is basically not ideal but it happened at least so like yeah basically i kind of knew what i was gonna get into and i did get there but it was like just just barely it was definitely like very much cutting it very close okay 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 and um i don't know man so overall like do you think uh working with the venue and kind of the people you had on hand like like what was the overall feedback you got from attendee experience like i think a lot of people were like oh yeah this is really chill this is really cool uh but like like you personally like what what how do you feel it turned out in terms of people just you know if they wanted to come in and and hang for the day play tournaments like how do you feel yeah i mean i i definitely feel like um Almost everything that we planned around kind of came to fruition. I think Osu could probably also speak a bit on that, but like, you know, like the floor plan, like the space, um, all that kind of stuff did not really have too many hiccups. We had like food trucks. Um, People really liked just the vibe. And like, um, I think the biggest one um, was the music that we played in the venue. Uh, I had a lot of people mention that they felt that that was a huge part of like making it feel different. And I had a lot of people just be like, yeah, I don't know why other venues don't or events don't don't do this. But they were like that. They really noticed the difference between like another major where you're just hearing like the game sound, you know, on the big stages booming Uh, and the difference between something like that and like 
having basically like music playing in in the venue at pretty much all times mm-hmm. uh, so i was really happy that like that's how i knew i wanted it um but it was still really nice having that positive feedback like this pretty much unanimous that people really liked um the f- the field event so I, I was i think i was really happy about that just like really happy that the vibes that we were very hyper focused on making happen did happen and did get really positive reception i think that was probably one of the biggest uh wins from the event overall i, I don't know if uh if osu has anything to say yeah i want to ask like, osu i know that osu told us that he was on a couch the entire weekend but oh i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't leave it i was uh i was i was stuck in that couch so our to desk from what happened especially since we had to give like the real like desk looking desk to check in so people could check in and do all that so they had the better desk so it was like essentially our to desk was two couches that they had in the corner before the parlor room that they had which we were using as the byoc so i got like cemented in that couch there was the that's the easiest way to put it like i could not leave because of the fact that i was like all right all right, I'm doing admin on Smash, doing social, making sure that, all right, all these brackets are coming undone. Here's my next bracket runner. Oh, this top eight's starting. Here's here's the medals and here's the award. And I'm just sitting there stuck. And I was like, n-. so I was like, I didn't get to see much of the event itself because I was so stuck. But I'm like, I'm hearing everything. I was like, the best thing is that I got to hear everything. And it's like, I got to hear nothing but positive feedback, which was crazy because Brett and all of us were just going in. It's like, this is a dry run year, right? Like, why is this going so well? And like, especially like with all the unexpected things, like, like no meeting, people showed up on time. I'm players came and got their badges on the pre-event day. Like we're a hundred were out pre-event door opens, like 200 more go out. And it's like, Wow, it's like we're not we're not stressing as much as I was expecting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like um we went into the planning phase of this event basically saying, okay, so we just want this to happen and then we'll do the you know, we want it to happen and and learn what we can so that the next year's event can go off like without a hitch. That was kind of like the original vision and it very quickly like transformed from that like like very quickly i i think just like the level of involvement of people on the team uh and certainly people like dennis like kept us very very honest as far as what we did so that it it really uh was not sloppy like i mean you know, obviously i'm talking about all the stuff that we're doing like rushing last minute but like in general it's like we didn't really cut corners um yeah that, i think that's like the big thing is like we did everything basically like by the book from from a perspective of like just you know in general like we we didn't really try and you know cut corners in any way and i think that really showed and so we really did give it a treatment that like you know was probably exceeding a lot of expectations for people as far as like a first year event basically like i mean as far as a first year event goes like yeah um it's not really what i was expecting but you know happy that it exceeded expectations in in that sense okay okay um that's yeah i think i think go ahead Tiger, I, want to uh, I was gonna say that. i think it it, come, it came across really well yeah yeah i agree um i think like i think like i heard that a lot like yeah this is the first year see how it goes but like people really walked away i think like oh yeah this is this is real this is super real right so uh hats off to you guys uh i guess we should talk about i guess what you you briefly mentioned which is probably a good kind of wrap up to all this is like you guys went into this 
planning it for it to be the first year, right? The, the intention was, okay, we're going to do this the first time around. We're going to get a ton of takeaways from it, and then we're going to do it again, right? And so, like, I guess, talk to me, I guess, a couple of points about what you took away in that purpose. Like, you know, you still had to do the thing for the first time. So, like, what are you really thinking about for the next one? And also, like, yeah, you know, can you say, say to people, yeah, see you guys in 24? Like, what's what's the deal? Yeah, so, um, first of all, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I can't say anything as far as the dates or any specifics, but, like, it's going to happen next year, basically. So um, slot slot something uh, again. Like, yeah, I really can't say when or where it's going to be. Um, but from the get go, this was planned to be something that is not just a one of. So uh, I think there were a lot of people who couldn't make it that I really want to give them an opportunity to go because uh, as successful as we were, I still know a lot of people who couldn't make it out, you know, Terry included. Um, and so I'm I'm definitely pretty happy like to get i definitely want to give people you know that 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 run back on it basically but you know just as far as wrapping it up goes i think like the biggest thing um for me was i, I had a lot of postmortems. i'm still doing postmortems, honestly um it, it still ain't over honestly right i'm still working on this event um to me uh but uh the biggest thing was that we spent a lot of these postmortem discussions just trying to figure out what the formula was that led to the the overwhelming positive feedback because e even for me like i mean it it went out it went over the way i wanted it to go over but i was not ready to um receive as much positive feedback as i did and so we were really trying to like figure out what it was that people liked so much and i think part of that is not just like trying to come to an understanding, but obviously to get that takeaway, right? Like that yep. these were the things that worked. And and I think from a, um, and also like, I, I'm glad I, I'm able to get on the show to talk about this because some of, some of this was like stuff that I would have liked to say at the end of like, uh, at, during my final words for the event. But like, I was just like, so like just frazzled at the time. So I was just saying random stuff, <laughs> but um, like, for me, I think what I realized was a really big element of this was that we were really uniquely situated to be an event where we are like we have grassroots descent and and the event is a grassroots event, but we have the experience and the professional skill set to make it like, you know, to elevate it beyond what the expectations of a grassroots event are. So the the result is you have something that has like the vibes of that everyone likes, right? The the grassroots feel of like, you know, it's all your homies and you're doing it for the games and it's all about the community. You have all of that, you know, as your foundation, but then the presentation and the execution and the scale is of something that goes further beyond you know that's something that you only expect from something that would normally like feel corporate and i think that's the biggest thing i think that that made made it really stand out was it's like oh this is something that looks like it's got to be done by you know a big group of people with a lot of money and that doesn't really care about your games or whatever 
And instead, it, no, it's like still very deeply rooted in like community first, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I totally agree with, with all that. Um, I'm, I'm really, I think like that's, that's a really interesting thing for you to say because I think a, a lot of people like, you know, they'll they'll go home from an event and they'll be like, yeah, you know, it was it was cool. Uh, I think this could be changed. I think that could be changed. And like, yeah, you know, to a certain degree, that's that's you know fair. And you're gonna listen to those people and you're gonna say, okay, what can we do? You know, what what what's the compromise we can make in service of certain concerns? But like, what you said is is also you know equally important. Uh, is like, okay, uh, people like this part. Why? You know, how do we keep that as part of the thing? Like, if we make changes how do we make sure those changes are in line with what people liked right so i think like really breaking down the positives is something that people uh you know maybe maybe if they're looking at things to improve about their own event they're they're maybe just looking at what people have not really liked or maybe they thought could be better but not really like oh you know this was really good you know because what you don't want to do is is sacrifice you know the identity of the event in service of you know a couple of things that maybe you, you can continue to work on, but at the end of the day, are are a result of going to a certain direction. So, um, I I super I super uh, appreciate all that perspective. Um, so you know, set some time for March of next year, guys. If you're if you're on the West Coast, or if you just feel like going to the West Coast, because Slashback will be back, will return. I guess uh, you you mentioned like you had like uh you know like last kind of thoughts about this like do you have anything that's like a super last thought that you want to say that you really didn't get to get out there like just like free space what do you want to say right yeah i mean you know i think i said a lot um it's just really cool seeing people come out and support stuff um i i guess like you know i didn't i guess i didn't say it on this show but like um the team that we had also like everyone was giving like their 300 so like i mean like osu like yeah he he stepped up in in a way that only osu could do and we had several other people doing like that same level of like just i don't know they're just going super sand with it um like uh, i think the main ones would be like obviously dennis like dennis is known to be a god so i mean that's it almost goes without saying that he was just on it on a level that only dennis can do he's he's just straight up the best so there is no one better uh running your tournament than him period um so obviously like we are very blessed that like he's uh, he was able to um help to his like godlike capacity but um i think for me the 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 best things were um people like a lot of the undernight players that became part of my core staff uh, mainly like tari mario and prem like those people and 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 uh osu can attest that that those are the people where um they just kept giving beyond what they're normally doing. Like, I mean, you know, Tari helps me with streams and he, you know, he just does like random stuff um, that I need help with here and there um, for other events that I have him involved in. Like he's run the, the Gundam stream for me at the evos where I'm commentating at the same time, that kind of thing. Uh, but for this event, he was just like doing everything that he, that we needed help with that, that uh he was available for so it's like you know he reprogrammed our stream package uh because i could have done that but it would have taken me a whole day he you know was handling socials after osu left um and could take a break 
and just like things like that uh, that were things he wasn't you know he he had no experience in but just stepped up to it uh and prem was like became like the equipment god handled like all of our equipment stuff like swapping our ps4s for every single game uh being in charge of like you know just everything as far as making sure all the games are installed and things like that and uh being one of the people like i could rely on throughout the whole events like th those two people were just like you know and, and and mario like not only uh winning his own tournament but just also just you know doing all this crazy help with the admin stuff like just lots of lots of people like that um really putting in incredible amounts of work i i, I think like it's it's not sustainable <laughs> you know like sure. it's it's definitely not something you can rely on but we were able to succeed because that happened so it's like it's never would be something i'd plan on um although i guess dance was playing on osu just being on that table the whole time i guess but you know like <laughs> but uh yeah i was i was just um realized you know how how impactful and how how critical um these kind of things were to the events like not exploding basically because I, I think as osu said before it's like i think we were just waiting for something to explode the whole weekend and then nothing exploded and that was just like a miracle to me um because <laughs> i don't know things will go wrong but somehow like small things went wrong and obviously like you said like i mean i i i talked at length about trying to focus on um breaking down understanding the positive vibes but there were certainly takeaways certainly mistakes we made certainly things that we could have done better um and we we certainly took that into account and really tried to um take inventory of of what we need to do better for the next time um but i feel like everyone here knows that that is something that we are all used to doing so like that part of it actually you know i mean we we do postmortems for vortex gallery every single year yep. so it's never not in our mind you know as far as trying to step up our game i think that's the reason why we're all here on this call is uh we are people who who try and you know fix our mistakes and, and try and get good um even when it's not in the fighting game itself so um you know i didn't really touch on that because yeah that kind of goes without saying that like yeah you know there there were definitely takeaways but um i think like you know i i i, I think there um so there are vods that are no longer on twitch but um i i, I guess i can say that we are going to be basically uploading them to our own channel so we are going to have like a slashback youtube channel it's going to have all the vods um and um that's something that people can check out for people who couldn't make it because I, I did speak at length basically um there and so people could peep peep that for just me giving big shouts but i think just like as far as this call goes like that as far as like sharing my insight goes that like yeah i think there were a lot of things I didn't really know how to do. And I'm, I'm happy to be able to share some of the, uh, you know, the inner workings of that. And, and certainly for people that um, are looking to do that, I would really, really tell them not to hesitate to ask um, either myself or, or other people who have experience, because it's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have people like Ben to just ask basic questions, things like how much are you charging people for an ad reel? Or how much are you paying your volunteer? You know, it's like, those are such awkward questions that you feel embarrassed to have to ask, right? Those yeah. are the kind of questions I, I had to really like bury my pride and just ask myself. Things like, you know, what is acceptable from, for example, a financial point of view? Because yeah, like I had no idea how much anything costed. Um, and 
I think the biggest takeaway for me uh, towards the end was realizing how be- how right um, Ben Shinobi was when he said like buy a shirt, which he's still saying, and you you all should still buy a Climax of Night shirt because yeah, it's like uh, for something like Slashback, our event, um, uh, you know, it it is not sustainable without people buying our merchandise basically that's one of the the main ways that we are able to get revenue to balance out the large deficits that we take on operating um and yeah i kind of like i was definitely um in despair when i was like kind of looking through like when i started i think maybe a month or two out to the event actually really detailing tabulating how much i'm paying for like everything and realizing um how many things add up and just being like oh shit like this is i thought we were good we're kind of not good you know so it's like there were definitely things that i wish i had been able to budget out that i didn't get to like i really wanted to make uh custom masks with like a cool visual and just like give them out for free basically um but that would have cost like another thousand dollars basically <laughs> that like yeah, like that that's perfect example of it. It's like, yeah, it doesn't feel like a big deal, right? At the time I'm like, you know, three months out, and I would love for someone else to steal this idea, but if they don't, I'm gonna do it next year probably. Um, anyways, which is like like yeah, it would be really cool to have these like custom um branded masks and give them out for free because everyone needs to be masked up anyways, right? So like, you know, you think of the idea, you're like, perfect, that's great. Then you look at it and you're like, Oh, well, I have five hundred attendees, so I need at least a thousand masks. So this is going to cost me like a thousand dollars. And that's the point where you're like, oh, shit, uh, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm obviously like I'm not experienced as uh, I'm not very experienced at at the business side of this, at the scales that we're at, where the money starts becoming like, you know, you, you really scale that, stretch that money out as you expand your event and realize, oh, shit, like yeah this is this is a problem <laughs> so um like i guess i just want to reiterate that it's it's uh do not be afraid to ask somebody because you have to ask those questions because if you don't know like the thing is like this is not you know you're, you're not gonna find a youtube video telling you how to run a fighting game tournament with you know a scale of of this kind of magnitude there's only so many people period on the planet yes that like know how this is done that's the thing is like and it's weird to me to say that i'm one of those people now but it's like there are not that many people period who who know how this shit is done and so you kind of have to ask someone you you can't really like research it you know you got to ask those hard questions so um i think that is really one of the biggest like hurdles stopping other people from trying to do this kind of thing is that just figuring out how it's done is really hard. It it it, it was really hard for me just to fe- realize like how much stuff I have no and I mean zero idea about. And and I'm saying that's a TO who's been doing this for like, you know, almost 15 years, right? So it's like even me, it's like I didn't know crap about a lot of this stuff and I I have a lot of respect for the people who've been doing events at this scale for, you know, as long as some of the big ones have been doing it for. Um and yeah, it's it's basically it's 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 its own universe. Um, so people who are interested, um, that that definitely just like ask people. But um, I mean, I think just like the final thing I would say is as something to just share um, on the call is like when you ask me like if it was hitting me, um, like on the day of, um, 
you know, that it was happening. I didn't feel that, but but it was the end. Um, it was the end of the night. Um, when I realized, like, and, and I think this isn't the case even for um, people who are just, I don't know, spectating it. Um, or or even at the, like the locals, but um, it didn't really hit me how uh, like how important the event was for me. That like at the end, I I was like, oh shit! Like this is actually like it's it's probably going to end up being a pretty large part of my life, you know? Like, and I, I say this as like, again as someone as someone who's involved um, in in all kinds of aspects of of big events, but it's like. There, there's something different. I, I guess obviously because it's like I own it. It's, it's like it's my baby, basically, right? Yeah. But, but I say that like it, it is like my baby. You know, it's like it, it, it's my thing. And even though obviously like it's, it's a group thing. It's, it's all the other staff. It's still like the fact that what it is is very intrinsically tied to it being like my vision and like my, my brainchild kind of creation. That like that. Yeah. Now I'm realizing that this event is you know, a, a very is probably going to be a very large part of my identity moving forward. And, um, and yeah, that, that, that definitely hit me pretty hard at the end. It's like, Oh shit. Like, you know, that this is, this is a thing. <laughs> this is a thing. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, so even, even now I'm, I'm still trying to, you know, like, um, come to terms with that. But, you know, I, I was definitely, you know, very, very emotional at the, at the end of the night. Um, I think at, up until that point I was, I was just, getting it done i was like focused on on um on just the execution but it was it was definitely you know the second half of the day into the night and afterwards where i like all the the gratitude really hit me and all you know the emotional aspects really uh you know hit me pretty hard okay yeah that's that's an interesting way to put it i think uh i think that's really like you know People talk about like the. I think if in the scene, people kind of have said like, "Oh yeah, I just have to brain." Like I'm just like I'm. I'm not thinking about anything else but just getting it done, right? And then you, you kind of, you're like, "Oh, okay, people are leaving. People are <laughs> people are chill. There's no more brackets. Everyone, everything happened." So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's... yeah. I, think... <laughs> I was just thinking about what's the next thing I gotta do, basically. You know, for most of those days. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Okay um that's that's interesting i do i guess like i said we were gonna just talk about like the end but i do want to say we haven't talked about your merchandise slashback merch was awesome um i'm super jealous first of all i just want to say i loved the the artist you chose i love the design you guys chose um i was i was in awe when you guys sent me the when you sent me the uh the assets to put them on the site i was like damn these are really good because i hadn't seen them up until that point i was on vacation and um you know, uh, you you kind of were you were leaning into the to the mid two thousands like metal, you know, grunge type of thing. Grunge was uh, what you were using to kind of guide your aesthetic internally. Is kind of what it seemed like, at least from, from yeah. what I saw. So, um, it was really cool. You guys can still check out slashback.info on right there um, to to buy those things. They're still on, still being sold, right? Like everything's still there. Yeah, yeah, everything's still up. Um, I don't really know how long it's all going to be up for. <laughs> Um, but I would, I would definitely encourage people to try and grab it while it's up. Um, I guess I will say, um, there's still a couple things related to the event that we're trying to post up. We still have one photographer who has not posted 
uh, like all of their foes because they took so many. Um, so we we still have like a lot more stuff, um, like recap stuff, and I think I'll, lining up with that, we are going to probably be releasing like one more design, I think, on the shop. So definitely check that out when it goes up. Um, it's not going to be anything like. Uh, it's it's gonna basically be like a more basic logo design because we realize that we actually don't really have just a logo shirt and i think some people are really into just having like the logo shirt um so you know um that will that will go up so if you are someone who's looking for just like kind of a, like a, a basic front logo tee um that we don't have right now that that will be a thing but um yeah like i guess i can't stress enough that that is like the best way to support us basically is to check out the merch. I, I'm really proud of the the designs. So you know, yeah, like fire. I don't, I don't really feel like this is begging. I think I think these shirts are sick. Yes. Um. And so I was say, know, like I'm picking one up right now because I haven't done it yet. I'm over on the site right now. Yo, I, I love the. I mean the the slashback one, the unseen entities. I mean you already know. I'm I just want to say so, yeah. Like... So I just want to say like <laughs> if you guys have not seen the unseen entities one, it's ridiculous. Uh, when, so when Brett sent it to me to like put it up in like a slide, I actually have it as like my laptop wallpaper now because like, oh, I just shit. love the design. I was like, man, this is so sick. And like, I am like my, my, my wallpapers are like gray noise. I don't like having stuff on it, but I like, I was like, okay, nah, this is so sick. I got to slap it on there. And so, you know, obviously I owe it then to, to buy a shirt and, you know, I try, I always buy shirts, uh, pretty much for every yeah. event now so you guys should check it out like just straight up like if you like good i mean that one design, is fire yeah. like the coquette's got a good one yes the dizzy one is so sick the dizzy one and then eo3 like if you i mean if you're a fan of Skullgirls, you already know about this artist but like it just like they're all like on point with the aesthetic again yeah um, I think... even, even like just the the slash rap like the lineup right yes it looks like uh, you know, like a, a music, music festival, festival yeah. lineup it does. on the back, right? Listening to bands, and I was like, yeah, it, it's all on point. So. Yeah, like, I think uh, one of the unique things for our merch is that based on, like, the color of a lot of the garments, there's a different colorway oh, yeah. for the design itself. Yes. Um, and I, I think that was really cool. I was really happy we were able to get that. I hate that I was the one who did those too, but like, I like was just like another thing I piled on, like, onto my work plate, but I think they came out really cool. I'm really happy I was able to do that because uh, I think it just really adds to it. And um, I think that that helps kind of get something for everybody. Um, yeah, dude, I, I was going to say the whole reason why, like, and I was saying this all before recorded, but the whole reason I didn't order one earlier is because like the colorways are so good. Like I couldn't choose like which one. And I was just like, oh man, do I want the purple one? Or, you know, do I want the gray one? I was like, oh man. They're, they're all really good because um, that's something you don't really see a lot where the design and I feel like I remember you were saying that, you know, you took this upon yourself personally. Like, you're like I really want, um, you know, the different colored shirts to have different colorways in the design as well. And the different things that popped out with the colors you, cho you chose on them, like it, I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I I've got to see some of some of them in person, and I'm pretty happy with the way they turned out. So, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, if if you like those, like I'm sure, um, obviously I'm involved in the merch stuff for uh, nine five six. So I'm looking forward to taking uh, my experience from this event to 
to improve uh the the whatever next event we have merch for uh, i'm sure will be cool so yeah that's that's exciting uh, let me do a quick shout out and thank you to yes. all of y'all that I do see at events with our merch. I don't expect to see it in the wild as much as I do, but there are so many of you that actually do support yeah. us. So yeah. thank you. Like, we cannot do this without y'all. And I say this to like our volunteer staff and players. Like, we cannot do anything we do here without y'all. So anytime I see it's like, hey, you're rocking the merch, I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> because like, we need that to keep operating what we do in every single event capacity. Yep. I, yeah, I it's it. it's super cool. I love all the merch. All right. I love seeing people with the merch. What you got, Terry? Team, team purple confirmed. That that's the one I ended up with. The purple. purple? Okay, yeah. I th I think the purple one's great. Yeah, it's a really good idea. It was a, that one, and then like the the main green one. I didn't know. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I gotta say, I am a big fan of just buying event merch and seeing people with event merch, and it's always yeah. fun to yeah, like you said, just see people walking around with stuff from like our vortex events and i hope to see some of you guys with slashback stuff i gotta buy a shirt myself uh getting it to me is another matter but i think i think i can can get it figured out uh yeah dude i i was at uh, japan and during i went to a festival there like last month and i i bought like i don't know probably like 200 dollars worth in merch <laughs> it's like oh yeah yeah man so First of all, I want to thank you again, Brett, for taking the time to talk all things Slashback. I am looking forward to the next event. Um, all things willing, I will make it out there. But uh, I'm sure that, you know, for those of you who enjoyed it or wanted to go last year, right, you have even more reason to, to stay tuned at, at Slashback event on socials, slashback.info uh, for the website. And, um, where are you uploading the VODs, by the way, Red? Uh, Funky P so, and, and yours, or what? So the, yeah, so Paul, Funky P's VODs, they're already up on his channel, so you can just search them up there. Uh, for the Guildhouse VODs, they're going to be going up on a YouTube channel that, just a Slashback YouTube channel, so um, I don't have the URL for that yet, but basically when that goes up, um, you can certainly see it on... Uh, on like on our twitter we'll we'll definitely post on our twitter so definitely definitely if you just follow us on twitter that's going to be where all of our info is um but we will i i'm going to try and get those vods uh i guess spoilers is that one of the reasons why um it might take a little bit longer is that we are actually trying to remaster some of these vods with the miracles of modern technology um to to get some stuff um kind of better than what it was live so for example uh plus r uh, for plus R, the game sound actually wasn't working for top eight because of PC blow up reasons. So I'm, I'm actually in the process of editing it back in using the miracle of replays. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be a pain in the ass, but, um, you know, I think it'll be worth it. So, uh, anyways, so I think that'll, that'll be something special even for people who did watch it is that, um, yeah, you'll have a enhanced experience, hopefully. Uh, and maybe rebalancing some of the audio and um, getting those like PVs in there and things like that. So um, yeah, all of our PVs, I think I was uploading them on my personal channel, but I will also be uploading all the PVs, all the intro videos um, onto the YouTube as well. So I think that'll just be a really cool way to see that. And then I guess small spoiler is that I also have one more final promo video that we will be editing that will go up um, on YouTube and Twitter as well. So okay. look out for that YouTube channel. Uh, I think um, we'll be posting stuff up there and 
um yeah like i just uh, i think there were a lot of people who tuned in we oh yeah the viewership was way better than i expected to it was crazy we had like i think our max was like 20 uh 2700 um yeah yes somewhere around there yeah yeah I, I was like i was dude i so like i'm only focused on the in-person experience when i was there like i was not really thinking about the stream at all um another mistake obviously due to not having enough people like i think i ha i had been planning on having myself or Arthur Atari be like somebody to like, I don't know, I guess like watch over the streams and make sure that the stream experience is good. We did not have that luxury. We were just busy with other stuff. Um, so I didn't even know what our numbers were like, literally like the whole time. I think, I think it was like, Osu maybe who like told me at first. I was like, wait a minute. Whoa. Yeah. 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 I was like, so I wasn't expecting either. And then it was like, I was like, what? The? I was like, we're at 2,700. Yeah. Like, what the hell? <laughs> They told me that there were like 300 watching for plus R and I was like, okay, well that, that makes sense. But I realized that was while the sound was off. And like, yeah, I think our max was, was uh 27 something. And um, that was just really cool. Uh, so I guess big shout outs to the people who, who watched from home and, you know, I'll still keep saying that. Like, I, I think that you're still only getting a small fraction of the experience from at home. So not, not to say I didn't obviously uh, appreciate the support, but like, I definitely hope people can take what they saw and, and hopefully be able to like, it was even better in person basically. So if you liked it online, it was definitely even better in person. So I, I hope that encourages people. Um, and that if you were at the event, that the best thing to do as far as like, help the event other than by supporting it with merch is to spread the word because you know i still feel like we're at this level in general with events where you just kind of kind of tell people word of mouth right it's like it's it's hard to convey to people but you know the amount of people just being like yeah it was really sick the vibes were sick etc cetera, etc cetera. like just sharing your experience on twitter and just telling other people like they had a good time that you're looking forward to the next one ever like that is honestly hands down one of the best ways to help us i think okay yeah you know i think a lot of people will have positive word of mouth for the event and uh, you know especially it helps that you'll be keeping up on socials and posting things and you know i think a lot of people i think that you know still putting things out after the event and kind of having some level of like acknowledgement like yeah things happen you know here's you know here's what we think here's, here's a message we have like at a at a bigger level of the event you don't really see that like in some bigger events you don't really see that but i think in like a lot of grassroots stuff like that's something that organizers try to take the time for so you know much appreciated in that regard um i think that's all we've got for tonight in terms of the show uh i don't know if anyone has any closing thoughts aside from brett who's talked his mouth off for the past two hours um, yeah i'm so sorry i'm like so bad no man concise. <laughs> i'm 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 like i'm like getting like every little bit of info out of you man like you you have been more than more than informative like i think like like we started at the very beginning saying like a lot of people just have no idea how this stuff goes right so it's cool to like really pick you know theo's brains and that's kind of what we've been wanting to do on the show you know to various degrees is is yeah this kind of thing so um yeah i don't know uh Hagere, do you have anything to say osu anything like go hit me um as a general event organizer let me say that the start to any event is jumping in like i work a lot of events like i already got 
I can say this. It's whatever. I already got booked. The work life is beautiful already, and it's what well, that's not till September. Plus, I'm like in the planning teams for at least a lot of events like Frosty and et cetera. It's like a lot of it, once it comes down to anything we do in the FGC, is the jump in. And it does come to a lot of you got to ask questions, regardless if you want to or not. On top of the fact that you need to appreciate the people around you who help you. And like it comes down to who do you have around you, who's supporting you, and all that, because we cannot do that without that type of support. Like the fact that we received so good of a reception for the first year of event really comes off strong because it's like wow because we have to somehow think how the hell are we going to make it better yeah uh internally like you know i had a small postmortem at the end of uh the night um shouts to like 1 a.m in and out we still hit that after <laughs> after slash back but um... besides me who had to go out and work an event immediately the next yeah. morning you're you're crazy, but speaking of you being crazy, it was like at that little mini postmortem I had, one of the first takeaways was we realized that even though I I did not want to impose myself or put more work than comfortable for certain people, we realized that some people are just going to be in that role whether you like it or not. And so we were like, yeah we should have just had osu on the team from frame one because like you know i didn't want to like i didn't want to give him more work than he was comfortable with and and i i didn't want to like make someone who isn't norcal like do a lot of the heavy lifting but it turns out like my man is just built different anyways and he was just gonna do it no matter what so you know like osu also said like he's like yeah you should just had me on from like frame one i'm like okay yeah so you know it's like in terms of surrounding yourself with people it's like yeah like there are going to be those people and it's like you 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 might as well basically like work work on it as early as you can when it's going to be like that <laughs> okay okay yeah 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 for sure uh Hagere, any any final thoughts on this subject i mean yeah I, again like as spectating the event it was so cool to see happen and um it's been also really cool hearing y'all talk about the kind of behind the scenes, you know, because, you know, I, I work with y'all in, you know, the other context with, you know, 956, but um, especially Brett's like seeing you, you know, kind of direct your own event and um, yeah. And then also too, like, you know, you're doing like a lot of what you do for 956 events, but like, you know, with slightly different hats, which is what you do everywhere. And um, yeah, I really just wanted to thank y'all for, you know, sharing your insights into behind the scenes of how it goes. And I think along the lines of what y'all were saying, you know, just ask questions, right? And uh, I think that's kind of why we wanted to, you know, talk to y'all about this um, is, you know, because we had questions of our own and we know a lot of the TOs that we work with, like they have questions that, you know, sometimes we know the answers to and we try to share and, you know, Sometimes you got to learn along the way. Like it sounds like y'all did. So yeah, thank you for sharing and um, looking forward to whatever the future may hold with Slashback. Um, you know, you know, the details are yet to come, but yeah, um, at the very least, like I said, you know, I got me my merch, you know, all y'all out there listening in who has not gotten in on this dope stuff, like definitely get in there while the getting is good. Get in there while the getting is good indeed. Well, I think with that, 
we've got nothing else to say. So we're going to sign off for now. Don't forget that the TO desk is hosted over on 956pro.com slash podcast. It's also available on YouTube. That's 956pro.com slash YouTube. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at 956productions. Pretty much everywhere at 956productions. And uh, we'll be seeing you guys next time right here at the TO desk. Bye for now. Peace. Peace. Late.